Drama City Productions presents. Immersion Rig Now Online. Welcome, Nerd. Now generating episode 66. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. This is the Amazing Nerd Show. Those fucking bastards. I knew it. <laughs> leaking. Leaking end games yeah. online. Have you been contaminated? No, I have not. It has not been spoiled for you? Has okay. not. I have not either. So I think but... I read one line that could be considered spoilish. Really? Oh, I've been no. treading lightly, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> anything that has anything to do with the Avengers, I stay away from mm. at this point. I'm just not even going to fuck around with it. Because it, it actually has spoiled it for a few people. So, I mean, people have been, like, issuing, you know, shit. There, there was that, the letter was actually from Marvel Studios, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, begging fans not to spoil it for other people. So, just why why would you do that? Like, what's the fucking point of that? What do you get out of leaking that footage? I don't know. Because it, it, it was a good, like, right? It's, like, almost the end. Yeah, the it's like, pro- the movie. It's, it sounds like it's where people are Okay. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> now we're the bastards. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've been staying the hell away from anything mm-hmm. that has to do with Avengers on Game 2. And I feel like they're releasing a lot of like little clips here and there, too, lately. Which they did with Captain Marvel, which I kind of hated. So I'm just like, okay, I'm over. I don't need to see anything else. Mm-hmm. Just get me to Friday where I can see the movie. So. Exactly, like... All the little clips are doing on Instagram constantly and everything. I'm just like scrolling. Yes. Yes. I I do the quick scroll too. (laughs) I get it. What a bunch of jerks. But we're almost there. We are almost there. there. We're under seven days at this point. Yes. Yes. When this episode is released, it will be seven days away. So pretty fucking awesome, man. I can't believe it's almost here. I really hope it doesn't suck. (laughs) 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 We just ruined my entire year. I'm telling you. Oh my gosh. So, uh, Star Wars celebration ended. Yes. So, um. Roll it out the news. Yes, yes. Let's go right into the news. Uh, we actually had a Mandalorian sighting. Um, we did not get to actually see a trailer, which I was surprised yes. by. I was, we were both. Especially playing. after releasing episode nine's trailer. What does anything else matter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but apparently the Mandalorian trailer is top secret. I'm guessing they're probably going to wait to uh, May 4th. I'm guessing that they'll debut at that. Mm-hmm. So, or is there another big Disney? Um, well, no, D23 is not till like November or something. It's yeah, usually... so they're not going to wait that because it, it, it debuts in November. Mm-hmm. So that would make no sense whatsoever. So I feel like they're going to do like May 4th or something like that. Something special for the fans. Um, because some people did get to see the trailer. Um, you know, you actually watched the live stream, so you saw the director's yeah. like teaser trailer. They didn't live stream the actual trailer. There actually was a trailer and like an extended scene that mm-hmm. they, you know, they played too. So I mean, they both sound fucking awesome. 
Um, they were saying it was a lot of a mix between like old and new. Um, we did get like more of a little rundown exactly what the story is. You know, everything that we heard, you know, rumored, it seems basically confirmed that it's set like five years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So it's an interesting like time frame mm. for them to really be playing with because we haven't seen anything from that, like, you know, part of, you know, you know, that of that universe that timeline wise. So, um, but yeah, no, um, we did get to see some new stills though, which was pretty cool. Mm. Um, a lot of really beautiful shots of the Mandalorian, you know, um, just awesome stuff. Check them out on our Instagram page yes. or our Facebook page. <laughs> plug, yeah, amazing nerd plug, plug. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we also found out that, uh, Carl Weathers is, you know, he has got a pretty major role in the movie is I'm going to destroy the name grief. Karga. Um, and then we also have, um, and I don't have her last name for some reason, um, but she was Angel Dust in Deadpool. Carano. Um, she is playing an ex-rebel shock trooper, uh, Cara Dune. So we both looked up Rebel Shock Trooper because <laughs> I was like, what is a Rebel Shock Trooper? Because I was mm. I was like, okay, well, maybe the clone troopers like at one point, well, but they would be a... considered rebels. Yeah. So I don't know. But then I was like, I, I cannot like fathom what a Rebel Shock Trooper would look like. Maybe she so. was a former clone, like not, I mean, Imperial like shock Storm trooper. trooper that went and then rebelled. Yeah, maybe. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but she looks like a badass. So, um, but yeah, no, just really promising stuff. Mm. The reactions were really promising. Like I said before, it was like a, a fresh take on, you know, something that's old, but like adding like a new twist to it. No, and like that. I mean, you could you can go online, read the descriptions of what they said came out. But I, I like the direction where it's going, where, it, you know, even his morals seem fast and loose. So it's not going to be like a strict, you know, um, hero type character or a strict like um, villain. You know, it's just yes, yes. Um, he's going to be kind of towing mm. the line, you know, um, which you know that's what I want for my bounty hunters. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, it, it, I, I, I just can't wait to see some shit, man. Like, <laughs> I, I did. I might have looked on YouTube to see if it leaked at all uh-huh. a few times. So. <laughs> Nothing. There's oh, nothing they've been on top there. of it. They've been they on top have of it. been. They have been. Uh, we also got announcements of some of the directors. I didn't realize that. I, I figured Favreau wasn't going to be doing all mm-hmm. of you know the shows, you know all the episodes. But I, they actually got. Um, uh, they had Taka Watiti. Yes, was one of them. Yes, that and that's huge. I I was really impressed with that. So. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and he might be voicing IG-88. We don't know at this point. There's a good possibility he was actually in the footage, IG-88. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was actually, um, we got maybe a brief look at, at Bosk. So, um, you know, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are characters that deserve to be explored more. So I'm glad to see them still around. Still able to, you know, play in that universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I guess at one point, uh, Warren Herzog's character makes a statement in one of the clips. Um, the Empire improves every system it touches. Um, so, a lot of people were speculating that you might actually see, you know, the start 
of the first first order order, here. So, um, how would you feel about that if they kind of started, like, you know, showing you the beginning of the first order? Is that something you want the series to explore, or would you rather have it kind of focus on, like, a standalone story with, you know, just kind of, like, showing us the underworld of, you know, the Star Wars guys? I mean, I want it to stick in the underworld, but I don't mind, like, if he's sent on a mission and it just happens to be either helping or going after someone who is just, like, about to begin working with the First Order. Mm -hmm. You know, little glimpses rather than, like, full elements on how this character got there. I don't want it to be the main focus. Exactly. I agree with that. But give us little elements where it just keeps us guessing and wanting us to see more. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the smart play. Exactly. Then we can get a First Order series. There we go. (laughs) Everything's possible because we actually had Kathleen Kennedy come out Mm -hmm. um, while interviewing with MTV and basically said there's nothing off the table at this point um, that we could actually see a lot of the characters, you know, introduced by J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson, um, you know, return in future projects, you know, like in, you know, on TV or in film. For love of God, give Phasma a series. Would you like to see a Phasma series? I think she deserves one at this point. Okay. How she's been treated in the movies. Because <laughs> otherwise, I don't see her as this big badass character. She's just getting defeated every time. I would love to see her. I, You know, I will I will say that I thought her fight scene with Finn was fun, though. I felt like she felt like and a I badass. And I was a little against it. You know, but I would like to see her win once in a while. Yes. I agree with that. Do you think she's dead? Um, they, on the panel, they're talking about panel her. They make it sound dead. like she's dead, but I don't think she's dead. Okay. Yeah, because they do make a point to show you how strong her armor mm. is in that battle. So Even if she doesn't show up in the next film, I would expect to see her at some point. Okay. You think it's like somewhere. a Boba Fat thing? Where they just, you know, she's in the books, they just don't really <laughs> reference her. Yeah, so. <sighs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, And then we also heard more speculation, more rumor that the Old Republic is going to be a TV series at this point, which we kind of talked about it being mm-hmm. perfect for that, like you know, that long-term story, you know, telling style. So I feel like that really makes sense. So, um, but yeah, um, anything else come out of Star Wars? Well, there was the Jedi Fallen Order um, game was finally like shown off a little bit. They didn't actually show any gameplay footage. Okay, pretty typical thing for them when they're first showing off a game, but. Uh, it was it was interesting. They showed off. Um, it's you know you're following the story of a Jedi who is hiding in plain sight. Um, he's working along with uh, what's it called um, scrappers, pretty much that are taking care of. I'm gonna stop you for a second. Are we officially in Christian's corner right now? Not yet. Are you sure? I kind feel like of. you could. I feel like you could hit the music right about now. Sure, Christian's <laughs> corner. <laughs> Go on. Well, since we're in our corner, we're going to talk a little bit more the technical <laughs> side. Um, <laughs> oh, dear God, what did I do? <laughs> but no, a lot of people are looking at this as EA's last chance at a Star Wars game. You know? Because um, they fucked shit up, right? Last they, time. <laughs> they were very EA about it. They stuck their hands in, got pretty greedy. and People know, got pissed, right? People got real pissed. And it just was at the worst timing for them. Everyone, this was at the height of everyone hating loot boxes, hating everything, yeah. and they dropped a Star Wars game with everything that people hate, and yeah. that became the focus of all nerd-o. gaming, like, nerd was Like, oh, this is what we're going to use as the catalyst 
that breaks the industry, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and it seems to work, right? Yes. Like, it actually works. Oh, yeah. People are definitely, like, trying to steer away as much as possible. Um, but uh, they have a developer uh, called Respawn that's in there, and they recently released this game called Apex Legends. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, um, not it's all, Have you heard of Fortnite? Yes, it's, of course. It's basically like Fortnite. Okay. Um, it's a free-to-play game, um, Battle Royale, um, and it's it's just kind of improved on all the things that Fortnite and PUBG weren't doing exactly right, you know? Um, and they had, is it as popular as Fortnite though? Because oh, it was it was beating everywhere. It was beating Fortnite for a little while. Really? Yes, it got super popular real fast. Okay. And EA didn't have their hands in this at all. They just let Respawn release this. So now EA is like, oh, you are making us all this money and all this publicity is coming in. Good press. Yes, finally. Put out a game. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, so Respawn is completely... Respawn is a really good company. They've made Titanfall. They've... Uh, what is it? Titanfall uh, is a really great series. They had came out. It didn't get the, enough buzz, so it's not huge. It's not as popular as it should be, but it's a really well made game. Is um, your your uh, stamp of approval? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so what they're what they're gonna do is just let respawn make Star Wars this uh, Jedi Fallen Order and not. Oh really, wow! So they're gonna be completely hands off. They're trying to be as much as possible. Okay. You know, they're still gonna publish it and release it. Okay. Probably, but. Um, yeah, no microtransactions, you know, um, no DLC announced, nothing. No pre-order bonuses announced, nothing. Now, do we know anything about, like, the storyline that um, we're following? You know, you're, you're following this uh, Jedi who's been hiding in plain sight. Uh, uh, he's working alongside another Jedi who has kind of just given up on the Force completely. Is this right after Order 66? No, this is... Um, Kind of during the, uh, as we've t- I told you before, during the um, Darth Vader um, hunts. Oh, okay, the Jedi hunt. Yes, sweet. Okay. Uh, as we see, as the main villain will be the second sister. Okay. Of the Inquisitors. Oh, all right, all right. Um, so yeah, that's that's about as much as we know. You know, they show a little flashy trailer where it's um, it's clearly it's um, Jerome from uh, Gotham's actor is the main character, um, and he's just kind of like, you know. Oh, how, you know, I, I was told taught to do this and this and this, but I can't show it. That's um, the main character. Yeah, and you could tell it's Jerome. From yeah. Gun. Oh no, it's totally his face scanned and everything. Really, yes. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. He's of a Gun good Gun. actor, I guess. If you yeah, like Chewy you Shameless, uh, he's good yeah, in that. So, yeah, I did enjoy put, put him. Shameless. Put him in a good series, and then you don't have to worry about it. You know. I that's really so hate Gotham. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I know that's gonna upset some people, but uh, you, we haven't talked about. Okay, I'm sorry. We're oh. I'm, I'm interrupting your corner for a second. <laughs> but that fucking Joker makeup, the yes. finalized like Joker, like version of Joker mm. we're getting in Gotham is just fucking awful. Yeah, horrible. It looks like a fucking <laughs> nightmare. It looks like like you know like some like first time like mm. uh, makeup effects person did like you'd see on like one of those. 
like sci-fi shows that would just well, get laughed off the stage. Exactly. And but even the storyline they came up with for that was totally oh, convoluted. Yes, yes. <laughs> but you could even see like the lines where the prosthetic yes, like uh, hits his no, chin. No, it looks like shit. I was like, yeah. I can't believe they released this. <laughs> so and some people were actually like popping for it. Mm-hmm. Like were like I was like, no, this looks horrible. It's like you've made this twenty year old look like he's in Yes, his old 80s. man Joker. Exactly. Yeah. What is the I, uh, there's so know. many different you literally could have painted him white and just gave him red lipstick and it would have been a better look. So and his face just works so well as the Joker too. I don't know how that series is still on the air. I guess it's not going to be for much longer, <laughs> so good riddance. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't Gotham. Okay. You know? <laughs> no. Um, I think this is the right move. To make it just a single-player narrative story game, as we've seen with Red Dead, it's successful. As we've seen with most PlayStation exclusive games that we've gotten in the last few years. Spider-Man, you know, a single-player game can be successful. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, people love that Spider-Man game. Exactly. So, so it's good to see them doing that. Uh, beyond that, um, the Mortal Kombat launch trailer came out. Okay. Thoughts? Nice and fancy. I love the storyline so far. It's so much. They're definitely going to be throwing in like a soft reboot somewhere in there. Because it's all time travel manipulation. Oh, so you think it's gearing up towards that? Yes. I think if if they do end it, it will be either in a place where time is just ruined or they've just kind of restarted it secretly. Because I think they've been trying. uh, I think NetherRealm Studios has been trying to get away from the old the like kind of middle ground stigma of what Mortal Kombat was which was like overly sexualized characters and uh, really dumb plots mm-hmm. and um, uh, just like blind violence and everything like fun <laughs> <laughs> They're, Sorry, they're that was fourteen it, year old me. They're taking it more seriously. Yes. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Know, uh, and they really like what they. How do you think fans will react to that? Well, as they have been reacting, uh, <laughs> they've been kind of negative on, especially um, God. Uh, they've really like made the female characters less sexualized in this game. Okay. So they're not like overly flashy. So people are being gross about. People it. are being gross, uh, upset as it. as per usual. Like porn doesn't exist. <laughs> Come on. Exactly. <laughs> um, there has been, with um, the Avengers leaks, there have also been Mortal Kombat leaks because people have gotten the game early, some people, and they are just throwing out all the information that they possibly can. Really? That got, they got the game early, yes. huh? Holy shit. Okay. Um, for those that don't know, it does look like the game will have some pretty um, online, all-times um, kind of elements to it where you need to be connected to the internet to play certain modes and stuff like that. That that can upset a lot of users who are kind of like in areas where internet is shit and you yeah. want to play the game properly. Mm-hmm. But um, beyond that, what the trailer showed off after... This was kind of like NetherRealm saying, hey, you leaked all this stuff, but we have more. Yeah. Yeah, this was that kind of trailer. Uh, they showed off Cyrax and... Sector and um, Shiva, these characters we had no idea that would be in the game. I like Cyrax. I remember Cyrax. <laughs> I think he right debuted in like three, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I was a big fan of this. Yeah, the ninja Lin Kuei. Yes, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, anyway. the, the robot Lin Kuei is what I meant. To say. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, there, I'm not. So big... It's right. The release is right around the corner, though. Right? Yeah, it's next week. It's next Tuesday. Okay. So I'll be playing it. 
People I'll get just some... can't wait, huh? No, absolutely shit. How do you get yourself a fucking copy of that early? Just people online, um, pirated sites. People have uh, like the collector's edition. Some people have just been getting theirs early. I don't know. Oh, okay. So it's actually just coming to them yeah. early. Okay, right. it seems. So it's not like pirated. It's something that no, just like yeah. a pre. No, it's like full. Like early. people have been showing pictures of their steel books and everything. Like. Wow. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool then. Mm. So, um, all right, man. Is was there anything else on Christian's corner? Well, of course, Damon. Oh right, I've got plenty. This is this a week. super extended edition <laughs> because, um, well, Xbox announced they finally have their Xbox One S digital console. Uh, pretty much, they took the disc drive out of the Xbox One S, and okay. they're selling that. It's literally even the price point is thirty dollars less than the normal Xbox One S, which basically just the cost of the actual disc drive that oh, they've wow. taken out. Um, I've seen someone actually open it up and they show the ports and it's literally the exact same console. They just pulled the disk drive out. Um, what? Well, okay, wait. I'm sorry, rewind. Why are they doing this? Because there's a lot of players and it's um, it's able to bring down price, of course. Okay. And you would think you would get a redesigned console, but you're not. But um, they're able to bring down price and you know a lot of people aren't buying discs anymore okay. in general. So... Here, here's a console where you can just get everything digital, all times. It's cheaper than all the other consoles. So you don't have the drive anymore. It's nope. just the... the um... mm-hmm. It's just a digital version of the console. I was speculated for a while that it would be, you know, like a fully redesigned mini box, you know? Because mm-hmm. they don't have to put too much into it. It's just a motherboard and fans at this point. Apparently they don't because they're just <laughs> giving you that and that's it. Nope, they just... It's the exact same box, takes up the exact amount of space. It's weird. What? How much is it? It's uh, two fifty. Two fifty. Okay, which is still pretty expensive, right? How much? <laughs> so how much is the full system? I believe the full one S is like two ninety nine, and then the cheaper one is just literally fifty bucks lower. Okay, they're like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Give you exactly what you want. But not to piss all over their party that they were having for this console, PlayStation Five was announced. Oh, okay. Um, Kind of like in a article form. Not they haven't showed anything off just yet, but it has pretty massive specs. I mean, we're talking eight K graphics, you know, uh, which is four more than anyone can really have on their TV at the moment. But you know, they're wow. they're pushing their their models early. Okay, uh, which is in my idea, my concept of that is if you have a console that can run this much higher than the resolution of your TV, it's going to run those. Um, like at that resolution way smoother you know if it has mm. the power to do more yeah um, they have a big f- focus on ray tracing and the fact that you know um, it's not just visual it's 3D sound um, you know the continued focus on VR gaming um, it's all going to be on SSDs which are solid state drives instead of hard drives which means loading is going to be lightning fast compared to before um, and then it will have backwards compatibility which oh, is something that, that, you know, every game game console should have, really. Yeah. Just, it can play PS4 games. And that's, you know, that's what makes it an easy, clean transition mm-hmm. when you're buying a new console rather than like, oh, I have to wait for developers to learn how to use this uh, console, make new games and such. Yeah. Um, the rumors are that it could come out around um, either during the new fiscal year for them, which would be March or during holiday season, uh, November. Oh, wow. 
Do you feel like not that of this year, be... but of, uh, next oh, okay. So not this November. No, following November. Okay. Exactly. All right, because I was gonna say it. Like, how far along are they? If mm. it's like eight K, like, is that something like? Is that ready technology? That well, yeah. I mean, like... we have the capability of having eight K TVs, but no one. It's not at an affordable rate. Okay. Right okay. now, whereas like four K TVs are now like officially like becoming almost the standard. Standard, yeah, yeah. So, do you feel like by the time they they release this, that like eight K like TVs are going to be a thing? Yeah, um, I think, think that we'll be getting be a little bit. Curve? I'm hoping that they'll still be a little ahead of the curve. Okay, but you know it's Sony, so they're they want to sell their TVs as well. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> so they like, debut the TV the same time exactly. as the system. Perfect stuff like that. <laughs> um, but the other rumor is that it'll have um, Horizon Zero Dawn two, which Horizon Zero Dawn was a fucking phenomenal game, mm-hmm. and uh, it could also have GTA six. As a exclusive for about a month, oh. so it'd be you know they have games already kind of lining up for it, and they're already knocking on Xbox's door with how things are. So now, as you know, hardcore gamer, do you recommend getting new systems right off the bat, or do you recommend waiting? Because I know a lot of times it feels like these new consoles come out and they're glitchy as all hell, mm-hmm. and then there ends up being a lot of like recalls or just other issues going on. I use the kind of mentality of like when you buy a new phone, mm-hmm. you instead of buying it day one, because as we see with a lot of any any form of technology, day one usually they're going to have a huge update come out to fix whatever problems that they didn't mm-hmm. know was going yes. to happen. Absolutely, and then. They usually come out with a better console two or three years later. Yeah, and they're usually rushing to get it out. Exactly. You know, um, but I mean, the PS4. Like I had a PS4 from day one. Uh huh. So and mine's been perfectly fine. So I I have some trust in going forward. Um, Sony. Exactly. Uh, but I'm also saving up money right now to get a PC. So eventually I'll be moving on either way. Okay. Fair <laughs> but enough. it really seems like um, Sony is in a place where they're uh, making a console that's going to rival or at least finally get a little bit more on terms of what a PC standard is, mm-hmm. you know, gaming wise. So that's, it's interesting to see what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I guess to close out my corner... Uh, I've been watching Game of Thrones. That's right. We had the debut of the first episode of the yes. final season. So I'm a very casual Game of Thrones mm. fan. And I, I'm not even caught up. I did not watch <laughs> last season. So uh, Christian will be guiding our way. And we're going to do this weekly, right? Just a little like... Yes, just a know, little taste. You just know? a little review, mini review mm. of Game of Thrones episode by episode. Uh, so what was your thoughts on the first episode? Um, I think it's a good placeholder, you know? Uh, it gets you a taste of the universe, kind of um, gets you back into it. But, I mean, if you've been... I think it's better if you've been binging, you know, the last few seasons for the last few weeks, you know? And I think a lot of people have. Exactly. So this would just feel like any other middling episode Okay. for you. But if, if it's been like two years and you haven't seen the show in a while... Um, while you do remember where every where you you know it's telling you where everyone is, there's not a whole lot of excitement in this episode. Okay, it's more just like people you know like, hey, this is where we are. This is where we are. This is what we're doing. This is our resetting the table exactly. Yeah, and when you when you think six episode season, 
you know, finale, you'd hope for a little bit more, I would say, mm-hmm. personally. But at the same time, uh, it was good to see the characters, you know, finally, like, we get big meeting points for a lot of the characters. Um, trying not to be too spoilery. Um, if you did see the last season, which you haven't, so, uh, Damon, I'd close your ears, but... Um, no, it's fine. Go Daenerys ahead. has finally up in the north, so she's meeting all the northern characters at this point. Okay. You know, this is something that we... She's been far away from the North as far as possible for the longest time. Yeah. So now we're kind of seeing, you know, how that interacts, um, how anyone from the islands kind of interacts in a cold environment. Uh-huh, right. You know, uh, how they're going to deal with this problem. Um, it ends with uh, another big reunion that I'm not going to spoil unless you've seen the episode. Um, we'll definitely get more into it as the season goes on. Okay. Um, it should be the next episode, what they showed for like, Oh, next time on Thrones was seemed pretty like their games up, you know, uh-huh. we're, we're moving along now. They're hitting the ground so, running. Okay. Should be. There is only, what, like six, yes, six only six seasons. episodes. Um, are they, uh, any longer? The episodes? Um, it was, I think it was around an hour, an hour, um, uh, 15, I think. Okay, so it's a little longer, mm. right? Because I, I feel like they're usually like an hour, hour five at the most. So, um, are they all going? Do you know if they're all going to have like an extended run? Like time I don't know, a hundred percent. Okay, okay. All right. Well, I, I need to catch up. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I because even last season was abbreviated. It wasn't that yeah, long. Seven episodes. Yeah. So. I should be able to catch up, but my God, I'm so far behind on and everything. You have no like so much happens in these episodes in the that last season. Yeah, they packed. I pretty so much had much. that entire season spoiled for me at this point, <laughs> but I still want to watch them. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, it's exciting. I mean, it's a huge buzz right now. Everyone's you know, you know, I know there was tons of parties happening. You know, watch parties and everything. I'm sure, you know, they're going to be taking place every weekend mm-hmm. until the series is over. So. Like, fuck watch parties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's my thing, too. I, I agree, because you're describing an experience you had. Yeah. You just, know. Just people talking. Yes, I can't have Cracking that. jokes and everything. Yes. Yes, that just ruins the experience. <laughs> like, put me in a dark room by myself mm. where no one can fucking say a thing. You know, and just let me absorb it, you know. But that's how I watch my movies now. I'm just an angry old man. <laughs> <laughs> I go to matinees and empty theaters Bro. by myself. <laughs> I just, that's just who I am. Don't now. worry, Dan. So. I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm getting there. All right, man. So, yay, Game of Thrones. Yes. All right. Well, Christian, uh, we actually got a full Child's Play trailer this week. Yes, finally. Something's wrong with Chucky. Just a little refresher. Um, This movie's about a mother who gives her son a toy doll for his birthday, unaware of its more sinister nature. Damn, he seems a little too old to be getting a toy doll. I agree with that. (laughs) He looks like he's probably... He looks like preteen. Middle school. Yeah, Yeah, preteens. So, I mean, they set it up in the trailer that, you know, he's kind of like an outcast, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, know, And it's a pretty badass you know toy it, it they made it more like alexa it seems mm-hmm. like um where it can control all of your you know and technology also, that's not me saying that boys don't want dolls i'm just saying it seems like he would be wanting like an ipad or a new game console not or something like, like that. uh yeah a 2019 version of my buddy yes. exactly so um but yeah um that being said i was very impressed with the trailer 
more so than I thought. And I hope they're not pet cemetery mean mm. pretty much because that's what <laughs> happened. Um, you know, uh, with pet cemetery where all of a sudden, you know, I was like, Oh my God, I want to see this. Mm. And then I was very disappointed. Listen to the archives. Um, but yeah, I, I was actually very impressed with this trailer. So the scope alone seems, you know, so big and mm-hmm. more than I thought we were getting. It, it, I'm glad that they're not giving us a strict, like, retelling of the original movie. So, um, and I like that they've kind of, like, powered up Chucky, where, you know, he's going to have, you know, this access to this technology. I know people are kind of complaining that it's not, you know, you know, witchcraft or, you know, that it's like technology gone awry mm. and that's not this like possessed, you know, doll from this like evil spirit, spirit of a serial killer or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I think it's a, it's a new concept and everything like that. And I mean, obviously it's still going to be a pretty fucking evil doll. Um, I feel like it's, that's a, I mean, I argue that that's a great way to modernize and make it extremely relevant to where we are mm-hmm. technology wise and what we're going through. Hey, man, technology can be fucking scary. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, so, I mean, now, too, it just it, it gives it much more of a threat, mm. you know? Because for me, like, growing up, I was probably, you know, I was probably in middle school when Chucky came out. And, you know, I, I didn't take it seriously. And I never got really into those movies until much later. I was just never scared by a doll. But now you tell me this doll can control everything around it, you know, all this tech around it, it's a lot more fucking yeah. scary because <laughs> that's what the trailer kind of shows, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's fucking dealing with, you know, I, I think at one point it looks like it's controlling a car. It's yes. really like, so, I mean, that, that's some scary shit, man, you know? Um, you know, but he still is wielding a knife. He's still doing the Chucky bit also at the same time. Um, there was a pretty effective scene where, like, he's kind of, like, the boy's, like, laying in bed and everything, and, like, Chucky's just kind of, like, in the corner in the dark. Mm. I thought it was pretty fucking effective. Um, it seems like the boy's going to actually have some friends who's helping him out, you know, a la, like, Goonies or, you know, It or, you know, trying to get that vibe going. Um, you know, and this is actually by the producers of It. Um, I don't know. I was I was impressed by the trailer. Do you feel that there's going to be more than one doll infected? I hope they don't go that route. Like, if you get too much of that mm. going, I feel like... You, That's the only thing I'm afraid of when I see so many outside shots and so much bigger... Like, this big scale. I'm like, okay, is this something that's happening on a much larger scale then where there's more dolls being affected by this and they're all attacking? Then I feel like if that's the case, then, you know, like, Chucky as a character is going to lose its uniqueness. Mm. So I hope that's not the case. Um, I think they'll maybe just use this one host style and it's going to be really like, you know, just, you know, a powered up Chucky, you know, where he can control drones and he can control all this other tech. And it's going to be this kind of, you know, I don't know, this kind of message about like, you know, tech, you know, nowadays and, you know, the dangers of it and everything. I, I, I mean, I hope they don't beat that message over the head, but you know, I don't mind that twist to the whole concept. So, and it makes Chucky more of a threat, you know, which is a good thing, you know, because otherwise it's just a doll with a knife. (laughs) So, um, No, it'll be interesting. Um, I do think that uh, Amazon needs to get on this, though, and make an app for Alexa to be able to talk in his voice. Oh, Mark. And we only got, I 
feel like the last, you know, clip we got, you know, the end was, mm. you know, probably Mark Hamill. Um, just a taste. Um, so I was surprised by that. I thought we'd get a little more. And they didn't really show us the doll. Like, you know, they showed us a little shot here and there. But we got, like, a full poster mm-hmm. um, the other day. So I was a little surprised that we didn't see more of Chucky actually no, in the trailer. I'm happy that they're still holding him back, you know? Yeah, I I'm, I was I was actually fine with them not showing us anything until the movie came mm-hmm. out. But then I was, I was taken aback by the fact that they gave us that full shot. I mean, it just looked like Chucky with a haircut. <laughs> yes. But then you notice, it, like, the one thing I did notice in the, like, trailer, it felt like he had, like, the silhouette that we saw, felt like he had the old school haircut. So it was a little, it was a little weird. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose or whatever. Maybe it's positioning, um, who knows. I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see. But it's just like, imagine you go into this movie and all of a sudden this character has a full personality behind it. It's not just, you know, like an evil AI robot voiced by Mark Hamill. It's, you know, I feel like holding back gives us. Yes. And I feel like I don't think you're going to get like Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator here. I think Mm. you are going to have a personality, you know, behind this character and everything like that. And it's going to definitely echo everything that we got in in the past, you know, by Brad Dwarf and everything. Mm. So they'd be, you know, insane, you know, to like, you know, give, you know, Chucky, a doll that, you know, a, a character that has so much charisma, you know, and then like take all that away from that character. Yeah. That's not what fans, you know, wants. And that would be totally like misreading, you know, what the public wants. So I hope they, they don't go that route. That would be a mistake. So, I mean, but it does, from everything we've heard, that doesn't seem mm. like what they're doing. I think that's everyone's big fear though, right? When they hear like, you know, that's more of a tech, you know, yeah. now technology kind of like evil that the kid's facing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was really impressed with it. So I hope I'm, you know, rightfully, you know, so (laughs) impressed. (laughs) I've just been burned a lot this year. I feel like, so what else we got on the movie front, Damon? So, uh, our, uh, good old buddy, John Cena, um, is, uh, rumored to be up for a role in Suicide Squad. Apparently this is a role that Dave Bautista was originally supposed to be taking, uh, for the uh, James Gunn helmed film, um, but it can no longer do the role. It's the role of, I believe it's the peacekeeper. Um, so, oh, oh the peacemaker. It. I'm sorry. What I'm was surprised that? he's not playing Invisible Man. Oh, God, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so the Doctor of Thugonomics might be in the Suicide Squad. Um, so I, how do you feel about this? I'm not sold on Cena as an actor. I know a lot of people are aboard this train. I'm not one of them. He can do a good promo uh, in wrestling, but yeah, I but he's I'm the, not sold on him as. An I don't actor need either. a Cena promo in the middle of Suicide Squad. Maybe his character dies in the first. You know, like he's the first one to blow up. He's the one that runs off. I hope so. Um, but <laughs> it is what it is. Now, you know who he'd be perfect as? Hmm, who? The master of the universe, He-Man. Yes, absolutely. So I feel like that'd be a good fit the for The wig him. would look hokey. Um, but... And that has been... <laughs> well, it was 
originally i think it was slated for this year mm. but we've seen nothing i don't even know if they're in like i mean they got to be in like pre-production at this point but there's no way that movie's coming out this year and they basically confirm that by saying that it's probably now eyeing a 2020 release um right now we don't have an actor confirmed for the role um noah Citino is rumored i don't know his work at all so i won't say much about that <laughs> but uh adam and aaron knee who are from band of robbers they directed the movie band of robbers which once again i know nothing of this movie um are at the helm so um i'm intrigued i'm a huge masters of the universe fan so you know i i hated the fucking you know 80s movie um, they really shit the bed on that one. So a lot of people have love for that movie Dude, just because it's so bad, I feel <laughs> like. But I remember being really disappointed as a kid watching mm. that thing. Because um, it basically had He-Man, Man at Arms, and that was pretty much it. There was like none of the other characters that we really loved, you know. Um, and the even the version of Skeletor just was not doing it for me at the time. So, And I was pretty easily pleased at that young age. I wouldn't so, mind Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Do, yes, doing the voice of mm-hmm. Skeletor, that'd be fantastic. He would be a good fit. So, But I pretty much cast Mark Hamill in every movie at this yeah. point. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Cena, though, is He-Man? I feel like, no, really? Yeah. Match right? made in heaven. Right? Like him playing a goofy Prince Adams? Exactly. You know, in the fucking like blonde bob wig? <laughs> that'd be awesome. That's money right there. They have to do the meme as uh, well. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You're talking about the laughing Prince Adam one? No, I'm talking about the um, Hey Ya song. Oh, no, I'm not familiar. Well, Damon, when you go back and listen to this episode, it'll be playing right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so find the meme while I'm listening? Yes. Okay. Alright, so. Uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much it for the news, though. I, I, it's a slow news week. Yes. So. But at least we have a movie to talk about. Do we, though, Christian? <laughs> do we? We do, unfortunately. <laughs> not not to spoil the review. presentation all right we both saw hellboy this weekend all right so we're following the title characters um and he's totally caught between uh the worlds of the supernatural and human and he's battling an ancient sorceress bent on revenge they really went the uh the misadventures of hellboy route with this film yeah yeah i definitely agree with that Uh, (laughs) like just a you know I don't know. Like, it felt like a montage of scenes mm-hmm. that were lightly threaded together in a very questionable narrative, if you will. I, I'm still waiting uh, to find out what that narrative was, but yeah, I'm sure by the end of this, you'll tell me. There was, there was, I don't know, kind of a mission happening. Um, so, okay. Let's start off with the positive, at least for me. Okay. All right. 
this wasn't the worst film ever. So everything <laughs> that we heard last week before we saw this movie was like, this movie is garbage. I will argue that this movie was better than Venom. <laughs> so that's a low that's, bar, though. That's, to that's my positive because sitting in a theater, I was ready for that Venom experience, you know. And some people might have loved Venom. I was not one of them. I almost walked out of the middle of the movie. Um, this was not that level of movie for me. Um, but yes, this was a difficult watch. It was about a half hour too long. Um, it was. It was a half hour too long, but it still felt like it was missing an hour worth of footage. Yes. Yes. Of plot. (laughs) It was missing a plot. Um, There are scenes that I thought were fantastic, though. There were, like, things in the movie that I actually enjoyed. Like, the the first, like, ten minutes, I was like, okay, I'm enjoying this. I like that we just kind of start off, like, running. Like, we hit the ground running. Um... Like, we didn't waste too much time on, like, any kind of origin or anything like that. Um, and maybe that was, you know, to their detriment mm. in the long run. Because I felt like we didn't really get to know Hellboy as a character. Um, so, but, you, like... You mean the main character? The yes, film? yes, yes. Didn't you get to know um, But there was some, like, it, it worked better as a series of, like, music videos, if you will. <laughs> Because it felt like they were relying a lot on the music, <laughs> the soundtrack. Uh-huh. But like even the music was just so random. Uh-huh. Like, oh, here's a cool song. It's like literally like someone went through their fucking like shuffle list on like iTunes and just played it. And that was like, no, oh, they, that's the soundtrack. They really went the, the Suicide Squad route with the music in this film. Yeah, but I felt like it was even more random. I don't I don't know. I, I, I yes. You know, I'm sure they saw, like, the success of Guardians and Suicide mm-hmm. Squad, you know, their soundtracks. They're like, oh, we definitely got to have a really good soundtrack. But it just, the music was just kind of, like, there. There was no point to it. It didn't really fit a lot of the scenes. So, um, effects-wise, I thought some of the scenes, like, looked great. Some of the effects looked great. And then it's like they ran out of money. Like, <laughs> and like you know the end scene especially mm. the end scene it looked like it was like shot in like 1995 when they like just discovered cgi for the first time no it looked like spawn it was horrible yeah it, it like was spawn. horrible um yeah yeah a little bit and that, and that's not saying they didn't get spawn because that was released in the 90s mm. so um, it just was bizarre. Um, I did enjoy the violence factor of this movie. I was not expecting it to be as violent as it was. Um, but like none of the violence really meant anything because it was just a random series of scenes. Mm-hmm. So um, the journey didn't mean that much. Um, so there was no impact <laughs> in what was going on. I do feel like the performances were decent, though. Like, I don't think it was... I don't think it was the actor's fault, is what I'm trying to say. No. You know? It, it, I really... In reality, it's rarely the actor's fault. Well, I'll disagree handed, with that to a certain extent. <laughs> they were handed pretty much a shit story to do. Um, I don't which, know, though. Like, so, like, I'm a fan of Neil Marshall. Mm. Right? I, I enjoy Neil Marshall's work. You know? I love The Descent. You know, um, I love dog soldiers. Um, and those are like these brutally violent films. 
but they have great impact because of the story that they're telling. And I mean, he's a, I feel like he's a great visual storyteller. Mm. And this movie had those elements in it where I could tell like his hand was there, but I, I definitely feel like something happened. And we heard all these rumors about there being a lot of drama behind the scenes with this movie and everything. And I felt like you could definitely see that on the screen. Because, like, you know, there's points where I was like, oh, this definitely feels like a Neil Marshall film. I, I, I definitely feel, you know, I could see his fingerprints on this. But then there's other points where I was like, what is this? This is mm-hmm. just completely, like, uncohesive. Like, it didn't, like, it didn't really blend together. Like, there's a lot of moving around. Like, they never stayed in one spot. No. Like, for more than, like, five minutes. And then they would just, like, all of a sudden be in another location. You know, there's no transitions happening whatsoever. It was is literally just like, just went to black and then you got a new scene. Yeah, uh, I just for this movie, I just I didn't care about a single character in this, including the main character. Not mm-hmm. a single one liner landed with me. I wasn't laughing at anything in this film. Uh, you know, where it's just like, I don't know. If I, I'm and I'm not Shazam is a way better movie than this. Mm-hmm. But I'm just comparing it to that because like. You know, the violence in that seemed, like, shocking in Shazam. Yes. But in this, it just felt like just just violence For the in sake random of violence. places and just didn't And I, I don't mind, a, like, a good... This, I'm a fucking slasher fan, so I don't mind, you know, a nice violent movie. I see it as a form of, like, escapism, you know? So I, you know, I don't mind that factor, but, like, it just... You became numb to it after a while. So I, I agree with like it was just like okay but like when they did it right i thought it was great but like that only happened like 30 percent of the time like well, it was just like it would happen for two seconds and then you'd be somewhere else yeah i mean yeah. like even like the f- and the final act of this film is just all over the place and you have like moments that just absolutely do not matter mm-hmm. like the fact that, um, like, the main thing that they show in the, off in the trailer... I'm just going to fucking spoil it. No, yeah. The, the, the main thing they show in the trailer is Hellboy with his full crown, you know, holding the sword. He's on fire and everything. And, like, it's this big decision, like, between if he goes evil and um, or just re, like, puts the sword down. That's all he had to do, too, which mm-hmm. pisses me off. It's that he just puts the sword down, he lets go, and the end of the apocalypse is... is that's it. Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he basically, you know, has a change of heart, and it just changes basically, <laughs> you know, the destiny that exactly you know, the he main was set to fulfill. the main villain isn't like a threat to him whatsoever at any point. Like she'll hit him, and then it, she moves on because she, she's she's in love with the main um, character throughout yes. this entire film, and um, yes, I don't know, and they just not, easily defeat quite, her, and you're not quite sure if she's really in love with them or if she's just trying to use him mm-hmm. like there's not anything like yeah you you don't really get her true motives you know we don't spend much time with her either um which wasn't necessarily a bad thing because she was kind of uninteresting uh, i was more actually interested in the character that he meets up with in that um prison that other realm prison that like he set up in that that the house with fucking legs yes that walks around that's walking around. Who that was that character? Have... I don't fucking know, man. Jesus Christ. 
And I'm not going to bother looking up. But I thought that was an interesting character. I was like, what's the story here? Mm. But then we get away from that character and it's just kind of forgotten. I was like, I enjoyed the back and forth between those two characters. That's what I'm saying. Like, there were some cool scenes in this movie, but they felt like they're from another movie, (laughs) almost. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I just don't, don't, I don't understand what happened, you know? I don't know if it's like they ran out of time, they ran out of money, or, you know, just disagreements and people just, you know, creative differences happening. Um, but, yeah, because this was just, I don't know. No, this this had no through line. Like, even, like, a horror movie like The Descent, there's there's a narrative through there. There's a clear yes. beginning, middle, and end. It's a very and simple I can't story. say that about Hellboy. No. Whatsoever. No, not at all. That's night and day. Like, that that whole, like, movie is such a more simple, like, this is the movie, these are the characters, mm-hmm. this is their arcs, here we go, you know, you know, beginning, middle, end. And I think it, it hurts even more, like, it doesn't hurt, but it's just, like, knowing what Guillermo del Toro did with this character many years ago mm-hmm. and made almost a masterpiece of a, of a hero film, mm-hmm. and then you get this, and it's just, they're so disjointed. It's so uninspired by anything. Yeah. And it seemed like they were really trying to get into more comic book lore with this Hellboy, you know. They introduced the lobster and mm. all these other elements to his universe. And they're just jamming it all into this film, too. Yeah. They don't stick on any one, like, specific, like, area with him. Um, and it's just, it's too fucking much. It seems like they're trying to, like, basically give us, like, two films in mm-hmm. And it was like it was a two-hour film, but it like I'm I'm used to two-hour films, and it, it felt yeah. I felt every minute of it. I was know? checking my phone at, yes. at a certain point. I was like, like "What? When can I leave?" Yes, yes. Um, I will say, like, I do think David Harbour did a good job, though. I did enjoy him as Hellboy. I felt like he had range and everything, um, but it's just he was given shit to work with. So I, I, I don't know. think he's a bad actor at all. I just no. I didn't enjoy anything about the portrayal at all throughout this entire film. Yeah, I there was no moment where I was like, oh man, I really. You know, he's almost too. There's like scenes where he almost feels unlikable. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a he, scene where he's like at the station, you know, and he's having that confrontation with his father. And he, he comes off as like a like a twelve year old. Exactly. Like I was gonna say he feels immature throughout this entire Yeah, just film. like angst ridden, like, you know. I don't mind that. Like, you know, the, the the opening scene I was like the first half hour I was okay with like where the character was and everything like that. And I felt like it was a good avenue to get his backstory. Mm-hmm. But then it lost me when it got to that scene where he's like confronting his dad. I was like, okay, well, I can't, I can't get behind this character anymore because I don't really believe in his motives because he just feels like, you know, it's like, okay, well, you're just being kind of a whiny bitch about everything here. Mm-hmm. You're not willing to listen to your dad. It just feels like you're holding a grudge against him for nothing, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. It, we were never really, we didn't really get to explore their relationship enough to really no. really feel anything for how Hellboy felt towards his dad. Exactly. It felt like you needed to have some type of knowledge of Hellboy or have seen the previous films yeah. to understand their relationship. 
Yes. It definitely depended on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really felt like it was leaning way too much on that, you know, having that previous knowledge, um, which is a mistake, you know, and any kind of remake, I always mm-hmm. felt like it was a mistake. It was something that I kind of complained about with Pet Cemetery, uh, where it was like really like relying on previous scares from the original movie to set up scares in this remake. Exactly. Um, so... Yeah, so we both agree that this is not a movie to check out in the theaters. I probably will watch this again on, like, TNT, like, Mm -hmm. you know, on a Sunday morning or something like that down the line just to see what the hell's, you know, happened again. But it was pretty, yeah, it was was a hot mess. (laughs) Um, If you had to give it a rating. I'm honest, I'm giving it a one star. One star, wow. Okay. It was, it was abysmal for me. Wow. I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it two stars because I think I gave Venom one star. So I'm gonna give it a little higher ranking than Venom because I still enjoyed it more than I enjoyed <laughs> Venom. God damn it. If you say so, man. So that's my low bar right now is Venom. So um like I said, Venom I literally was gonna walk out of the film. <laughs> so I almost fell asleep in Venom. Mm. So I did not fall asleep. And that's just because the soundtrack was so fucking loud in this movie. <laughs> but you, I do feel like there were some ingredients that I did enjoy. When you saw the movie, did the whole movie feel loud? Like, does everything, like, the entire sound of it just seem loud at all times? No, not necessarily. Okay, maybe it was just my theater. Because my theater was loud. Really? As hell. Re- I mean, the music was really loud, mm. but, like, the dialogue and stuff like that didn't feel that way. Where it was, like, jarring or something? No. Mm. I didn't have that experience. Um, but I definitely experienced, you know, looking at my watch yes. at different points <laughs> and wanting it to I didn't even over. stay for the second after credits. I didn't either. I have no I, idea I, what the fuck happened. <laughs> well, I read up on online that it was two, basically, this one, the first one was, you was know, setting, setting up. Was Abe? Yeah. I know that, the, well, we got that at the end of the movie. Was it more of that? Yeah, there's supposed to be another setup one at the end. Okay. Because they're really trying to build this a franchise. Not getting a sequel, no. so. Unless it does like really well overseas. I, I, I haven't heard anything. But I, I don't I think, think it had that's... a twelve million open. Yeah, it was ugly. It was so, ugly. So I think Shazam ranked number one again mm-hmm. in the box office. So all right. And rightfully so, from what it sounds like. Avenge this was one of their ads, remember that? Oh, God. Like, why would you even? If you're going to come at the crown, <laughs> you better not miss. And Hellboy missed. <laughs> All right, Christian. Let's talk some fucking comics. Uh, I started off this week with Batman issue 69. All right. Man. I had to catch up because I didn't read 68 because we were we were busy, you know, talking WrestleMania and everything going on. Our four-hour episode. <laughs> exactly. Um... So, um, this was kind of the final two nightmares, pretty much, for Batman. Thank fucking Christ. That he's, he's just Dude been... is still having nightmares? <laughs> exactly. I feel like it's been six months. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's been laying in this contraption that... Um, is this Scarecrow-induced? Yes, yeah, Scarecrow-induced. Okay. Um, what we finally got in issue 69 was kind of like uh, him explaining you know, what he's trying to do to escape. Um, and it kind of explained a lot of what's been going on in the previous nightmares and everything where he's focusing on Catwoman as his kind of, you know, mental point as to him escaping. Okay. Um, he's apparently he's trained himself 
on every scarecrow toxin there is, and he's kind of like mentally been preparing himself for years anyway. He's fucking Batman. Exactly. Um, But they keep... uh, I'm surprised he's not immune, honestly. Like, he wouldn't be just dosing himself for breakfast every morning. Well, they're just continuously pumping the fear gas into him. Okay. (laughs) At this point, do you think it's even possible? (laughs) Um, So while we're getting this, he's, he's having this whole dance with Catwoman. At the same time, we're having this... Um, kind of training fight between Bane and um, Thomas Wayne going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bane's pissed off that he's losing a fight to any Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's getting his ass handed to him while they kind of go this back and forth where they're explaining why Thomas Wayne would be helping out Bane. It's kind of him, his way of getting Bruce to not be Batman in general. Like his mm-hmm. goal is just to not have his son be Batman Okay, anymore. Um, you know, uh, it gets to a point where Bane almost like uh, is about to kill Thomas Wayne, but Thomas Wayne, of course, pulls out a gun. <laughs> and Bane's Wayne. like, "Oh, you're not like other Batmans. You don't play fair." Mm-hmm. So, uh, so overall, what did you think of the story? Do you feel like I think the last sixty-eight was a little unnecessary? It's like following Catwoman and um. Lois Lane having a bachelorette party while uh, Bruce and Clark Kent are just kind of awkwardly in the mansion talking. Okay. Is, is he in the nightmare sequence? At this it's point? still a nightmare sequence because he's coming, it's coming to this realization of like, it's still like, oh, this is what you're most, maybe this is what you're most afraid of being alone, you know, in this situation or what your life would be like with Catwoman. I don't have a problem with like introspective like issues, yeah. but I don't need a whole arc of it where it's like mm-hmm. you know six issues long, especially with the same gimmick running through. And I love Scarecrow, mm-hmm. but I don't know about six issues of like a <laughs> you know nightmare sequence. Exactly, it's it's a bit of a risk to take. I mean, I did like where we end up with Batman. You know, Catwoman is basically explaining what he's explaining to himself, but Catwoman in his dream state is basically explaining to him. You know, you're not actually in love with me. You know, this is kind of a realization that he's having at the same time. Like, okay. You know, all his pain and anguish you know, that he's having is just misplaced because he can't really love someone outside of his actual, you know, love for being Batman and so everything. It's more of like he's in love with the concept of yes. being in love with Catwoman than he is actually in love mm-hmm. with the character Catwoman, the person Catwoman. So, okay. I mean, it's Tom King. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it was still an entertaining read, yes. I'm assuming. But it, did it kind of take you out of the, like, I don't know, even the, like, the momentum of the story? I'm just, I'm thinking these next few issues need to be action-packed. Mm-hmm. Especially, I feel like he's alienating a lot of people that haven't read from the beginning at this point. Mm-hmm. Like um, they're mentioning stuff from I Am Suicide in these um, books. I mean, that, that's like the second arc yeah. of this. Well, he does play the long game. Yeah. So I'm not surprised by that, but you got to be willing to do your homework. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Online on Twitter actually did a recap for a new reader who was like, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. What can someone explain? And he actually wrote just. Oh, he responded. Thing. Yes. <laughs> That's and he awesome. did a pretty easy, you know, explanation. Scarecrow has, you know, has him under gas, and he's just going through some nightmare sequences. 
<laughs> like, gee, thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, but you're still on board and everything. Well, I'm on board because it's, it's written so well. You trust him. I trust yeah. him. Right Is now. it well written? Like, do you feel like, you know, it's an entertaining read regardless of, mm. you know, that we're kind of like treading water? Yes. I, I think it's entertaining in the grand scheme. Where if I was like binging this, this would be great. Yeah. But as a monthly, I mean, like as a almost, I think it comes out twice a month. Okay. So it's not too bad. It's not too long of a wait. You're so impatient, man. <laughs> I used to have to wait a hard 30 days for my comics to come out. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're getting weekly books, you know, so. All right, man. So, all right. Well, we also read War of the Realms. Yes. Uh, number two. Um, by Jason Aaron. Uh, what was your thoughts on this? Um, I liked a lot of the aspects with Jane Foster, you know, uh, wanting to be Thor pretty much in this scenario. Yeah, this was definitely her story mm-hmm. here. Um, I did, I did enjoy that, and I, it was nice to see her again because I haven't been reading Thor, so I did enjoy that. Also. I saved the art in this one felt really good. Yes, by the way, um, I saved one of the panels because. Um, that the imagery was just so well done where um, it's where the Valkyries are it's, pretty much at their final moments. Is it the impale? Yes. Yes. I, I knew you're <laughs> such a sick fuck. <laughs> I knew exactly what scene it was. The Malekith behind? It yes. was, it was pretty. Yes. Oh yes. That too. I was talking about the building with the uh, horse. Oh no, yes. not that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Oh no, that's too far. <laughs> Uh, well, the penciler is Russell Doderman. Doderman. So, and I have been really impressed with his work. Mm. So, I'm sorry that I'm destroying his name, but it it, it really has been because you know the art matters in these books. Mm. You know, regardless of me being more of a story person, if I'm not behind the art, it will take me out of the story. So, um, but I I'm enjoying this story as a like an event book. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it's pretty simple, like a simple follow and everything like that which we haven't been getting out of event books lately i feel like yes um there's not tons of exposition just over explaining things it's pretty cut and dry for such a huge concept mm. um you know it, it really just kind of like you know sets you up and you know let's go so i i, I dig that um it, it's really action-packed too um you know odin pops up again which i think we both you know we're like oh he's not dead um, but I love everything that they do with Jane Foster and I'm excited to see like her next chapter mm-hmm. in this. So, um, there's tons of tie-ins, which always worries the shit out of me that, you know, we're going to get eventually lost just reading the main storyline. Um, but we are both reading Avengers right now. So hopefully that helps out. And I love seeing that cast like in action, mm-hmm. you know, something outside of what's going on in the main book right now. So, cause I feel like that is such a fun roster and everything. But I was also excited to see Luke Cage and Iron Fist show yes. up. You know, it's a All nice the little team up moments in different areas. Yes. But... There are a lot of cool little character moments mm. like that, like seeing Daredevil, you know, just like randomly there and everything and Punisher working with Wolverine, you know, and everyone being kind of like, I thought you were dead, man. What the hell? <laughs> Um, I, I, I thought that was fun. So it's, it's just been a fun book so far, which is all I want. Yes. <laughs> you know? So, all right, we're well, moving on. Uncanny X-Men number 16 uh, by our friend Matthew Rosenberg. 
God, that the, just the dark feeling of the book continues to go on. And I absolutely love, like, this felt like just like an adult oriented comic book mm -hmm. for this yes. issue specifically. And I just loved it. Yes, yes. Um, there's a lot of conflict happening, mm -hmm. a lot of big decisions, um, you know, being made. Um, but it's not, you know, it's the exact opposite, I feel, of, you know, of um, War of the Realms, mm -hmm. where. There's a lot of, like, heavy shit happening, um, you know, especially, like, if you have a history with these characters. Um, I love there's a lot of little callbacks to shit that happened, like, in the past between characters. Um, and, you know, it just continues to surprise me, mm -hmm. like, just different aspects of, like, X-Men lore that they're willing to, like, explore. Like, they brought back fucking Joseph, for crying out loud, in this book. Um, I thought that was hilarious. So, like Joseph was such a like my god uh, so it's just such he's like the pinnacle of just bad storytelling in the 90s mm. you know this like you know oh you know here's Magneto and he's younger and you know he doesn't have his memories is there hope for him and we follow him oh, god it must have it, it felt like a two year story arc and then we find out he's a clone <laughs> And it was therapeutic for me, spoilers, to see him get his fucking head cut off. Because, <laughs> God damn it, I wasted two years on that story arc. Mm. So, um, but then we got a nice, like, you know, we, we see what's going on with, you know, Psylocke. And, you know, that whole story arc that we saw with, um, what was it, Logan on the Run? What the hell was the name of the... the Hunt for Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Yes. I heard that was within that. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that that was a nice callback and everything like that. Um, I love that we might actually have Juggernaut joining the team. Mm. Um, it, it feels like people have forgotten that, you know, Juggernaut was an X-Men for a short while, um, which I kind of hated. But, you know, it was a fun ride, you know, to have him part of the team. Um, he did not like being betrayed. And, you know, it, it's just kind of nice to see. It It feels like Rosenberg is a true fan. Mm -hmm. And it seems like he wants to explore all these different fun storylines, you know. But at the same time, it's not just, like, you know, him covering everyone's greatest hits. It's him, you know, paying homage to them and, like, doing his own story, which is fucking dark. Mm -hmm. um, the way it ended, I thought was actually chilling. With all of a sudden, Danielle Moonstar is like, just like, looks like she's in agony, screaming out that Wolfsbane is dead. Um, just a chilling scene, you know, really effective. And that's how the book ends. So it just always leaves you wanting more, mm -hmm. um, which is good storytelling. I think the element I was really into with this book was, you know, Cyclops standing down as leader. Mm -hmm. I liked him, you know, saying, I shouldn't be the one making the decisions for what all mutants are going through. I know? think he's working them. <laughs> I don't <laughs> trust him at all. But yes, I thought that was a huge moment for the character. Mm, I think I, he is willing to admit that he doesn't think it's going to work. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. He wants what's best for the team, and he yes. knows that he hasn't earned their trust yet. You know, especially as a character mm. where, you know, we left him, you know, you know, before he died. Um, you he's know, a dick. Yeah, he was a dick. <laughs> I mean, for years. Uh -huh. I mean, that arc was huge. I mean, they really fucked with Star with Cyclops, and I actually kind of enjoyed it because it was like, okay, this is you know, 
growth, I guess, you know, for the character, I mean, I guess it's more like regression, but I mean, just to see this character take this, you know, mm. this journey that was unexpected because Cyclops was such a boring Boy Scout for years. And then for him to basically become this like modern day version of Magneto um, was interesting. So a lot of people hated it. I thought it was refreshing just for something different for the character, but I'm not a huge Cyclops fan. Um, so this seems like they're trying to like, you know, go on this road of redemption for mm -hmm. Cyclops at the same time um, in this like hellish scenario <laughs> that they're in. So I love the fact that, you know, they made note of like all these different characters have been leaders at different times, you know, which is something that, you know, as a hardcore like X-Men fan, I did notice. So I'm glad that they actually brought that up and that, you know, let's try it a new way, a different way. You know, I agree with Cyclops though. It's not going to fucking work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, but yeah, this is, this has been one of the best X-Men books I've read in years. So um, I just hope that they can really like keep up, mm -hmm. you know, this, you know, momentum that it's got going for itself. So. All right. Well, last not, but not least, let's take it on home with Avengers No Road Home. All right. And Christian will be doing all the heavy lifting here because <laughs> I didn't have enough time to catch up on five no, issues I, that I yeah. missed. <laughs> <laughs> I was a trooper. I read five issues over the last two days, uh, caught up. Um, it was an interesting story, you know, um, I think they let it... I, I feel like it could have used two more issues and they could have um, made the villain a little bit more intimidating for them, you know? I feel like they let it let really? go too easy. Because, like, what I saw in the opening was pretty mm. fucking badass with her taking out basically all Mount Olympus. But do you feel like they lost that somewhere? After we get past this co the Conan issue, it feels like... Everything just kind of gets easy for them. Okay. You know. Um, Conveniently yeah. easy. I mean, she's getting more powerful by taking in the shards. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she's now letting, she's not hurting anyone. You know, you think, hey, these guys who have been beating my ass or killing my children, let me just wipe them out real fast and then go on with my way, you know? Yeah. But she just, she absorbs her power and she moves on. She's like, all right, I'm all powerful now. You guys are beneath me. And just moves on. So she doesn't want to like besmirch herself with like even yeah. dealing with them. And 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 doing so, she releases you know Scarlet Witch's eyes. You know she pretty much leads Vision and all of them to where she's going. Really, um, there's an awesome moment where um, Hulk Hulk absorbs one of the shards, uh -oh. so he has some of the power. Hulk in this book is so awesome really? until the end. Um, you know she kind of. Um, she absorbs her power through him, and it kind of reverts him back to Bruce Banner form. Okay. So he's... At the end of the book, he's Bruce Banner? Yeah. Okay. He's clearly not going to stay. No, Banner, no. But, absolutely not. Uh, man, he is so dark throughout all these books. Yeah, it really, once again, mm -hmm. um, got me really wanting to pick up, you know, the Immortal Hulk. Uh, they're on um, planet Euphoria, and this creature has to, like... Uh, I'm not going to explain all the shit with planet Euphoria. But, uh, <laughs> this creature has wants to you know bring pleasure to all of them and you know and it gets to Hulk and um, they don't even show his words he just whispers it out. This at this point he's in Bruce Banner form, but um, uh, he uh. just whispers it out and you just see a shock 
of horror on her face where it's like she's like no i will not end all life and stuff like that she's this is bruce saying this yes like he just wants his life to end and suffer suffering to end and everything oh my god like he is in such a suicidal place yeah his manner but he's so murderous as hulk, as hulk as well yeah so it's just jesus christ it was, it was all life to end <laughs> <laughs> just end it all wow okay that's some heavy shit <laughs> i know uh, cue the fucking incredible hulk music but no, it, it ends pretty like metaphorically and a little convoluted where they're in literally this like place of creation and like her whole deal is i'm going to use darkness to just sh- like create darkness throughout the entire universe and it's all about darkness versus light you know you can only create using the light you can't really create using the darkness and um vision who is in there with her is kind of teaching her this lesson of you know lightness brings creation and brings new ideas and all this all this okay. kind of crap and he's <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're Bruce Banner, aren't you, Christian? <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> he he, you know, starts creating all the Avengers of all time. You know, like every single one he's ever been in contact with. I saw a panel where we got a little Danny catch yes, Ghost Rider. He's just, like. just strolling in. That's exciting. Uh, I don't think Danny was ever an Avenger, though. But whatever, I'll give no. him a pass. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he just has a memory brink of all of heroes. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure. Yeah. So. He sense. just brought them all, and That's they all cool. just fight him, and he becomes this kind of like fiery god, and um, she just starts to deplete and disappear. Okay. And she's not gone necessarily, but she's like she's stuck in a position where um, she will always be, you know, half of you know creation, you know, darkness and light. Okay. So, so do you feel like this book is going to have any impact on the characters? Um, just their future arcs. Future-wise, I mean, you know, Vision is no longer going to want to die. Okay, well, it's he's a good in a thing. place where he wants to live and move yeah, forward. Because he felt like dying was human. So yes, but I thought that's to... where we were going to go for a little it's while. Just there. a I bit much for you know. Come on, I thought it'd be an interesting arc for Vivian as well uh-huh. to deal with her father's death and actually be able to have emotions. But yeah, I guess we'll never get there. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, yes. What about uh, Conan? Like, how, how did that play out? Conan, um, he doesn't change much as a character, but he, you know, he ends up in the Savage Lands. Okay. Uh, afterwards, you it's know, more just a vehicle to re- like reintroduce him into like the yeah, Marvel bring universe. bring him out of wherever he was and now into this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I am intrigued by the whole Savage Avengers. I can't lie. Mm. You know, there's definitely some. You know, it feels very like popcorn movie-ish to me, so I, I feel like it's going to be a huge fun ride. Mm. So, because that team makes no sense. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm definitely intrigued by it. So no, um, I mean, up. if you want to know where any of these characters in this book are from their points in the previous story, which was uh, Avengers, I can't remember. What are you talking uh, about? No Surrender. No Surrender, yes. From there, this is a direct sequel, and it kind of just ties up everything all those loose ends Mm, i think um hercules definitely has a cool arc throughout this where he's just kind of like um going from being this person who boasts his own legend to now becoming the person who um, is more humble and 
he's very humbled. By is he still carrying a lot of guilt for you know basically his entire family getting slaughtered? Kind of, but he's more he's more in this place where he's like, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not just a legend anymore. I am a person that should just be out there helping others. Uh-huh. Not not so much making it about myself and my legend, yeah, but actually helping extend other people's. Yeah, I I just feel like with Hercules. It's just I've, I feel like I've seen this arc with him <laughs> so many times. So I, I always feel like, you know, it only takes one writer to come back and mm. revert him back to, you know, his true form of just being this kind of, you know, beer swilling, you know, oh, yeah. just kind Absolutely. of, you know, almost swashbuckling <laughs> hero who's just there for the thrill. So because I feel like we've had this with him, you know, where you see this character growth and they just kind of forget about it and revert him back. So hopefully it sticks, you know, with the character because he is a cool character. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, I, so, I mean, overall, uh, oh, oh, what about Voyager? Oh, um, Voyager's whole goal is to still become an Avenger. Did um, you enjoy her arc? Do you she's get to fine. Know the she, she gets used by the villain a lot. Okay. You know, um, one of the villain's children kind of puts her in the snare, and then she teleports them across the universe to help them, and then she loses her abilities to you know use her powers for a little while. She becomes kind of useless by the end. So does she feel like she still needs to become worthy to become Avenger? Like she's trying to live up to like their creed? By the end, it's supposedly she is now like, a, you know, feels that she is an Avenger. Okay. And everything after helping them win and everything. But okay. uh, I don't know. And I'm sure it was kind of redemption too because yeah. she kind of, you know, was setting them up in mm. the first, you know, arc with the um, surrender. The big twist at the end is that the villain from the first arc has escaped Voyager after she returns. So it's a trilogy. I hope not. <laughs> it's totally I think this movie. is a good end for yeah, you Yeah, Christian, come on now. You know better than that. We're going to get it next year. <laughs> so, I mean, overall, what would you actually rate this book? Since it was 10 issues, I feel like it's worthy of a star rating. I would give it three and a half. Three and a half? This series? It's not, it's not bad. Did you it's enjoy it more than No Surrender? Um, I'd argue I think I enjoyed the stakes of No Surrender a lot more than okay. this. Like I felt like more Avengers and more heroes and more things could have been going on. And I feel like um, No Surrender had a larger scope to it than this does. Okay. So so the scale felt a little smaller. Yeah. Because you're kind of just dealing with them off planet mostly, right? Well, they they come back to Earth and like... Oh, do they? Okay. They do show Earth as being affected by this. Like there's no light in the sky. Okay. So yeah. everything's, you know, all the power starting to shut off. And the world's starting to fall apart a little bit. And they show the Avengers slow kind of dealing with this. Okay. But it's not, you know... They're, are they not able to recruit any kind of help from the other Avengers? They just don't. I don't That's know. Weird. Okay. They never reach out to explain. And, like, even T'Challa near the end is like, I'm sure the Avengers had something to do with this. Yeah. Uh, uh, bringing back all of light all the and lights everything. and everything. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, okay. I, sure. Sure. <laughs> You're taking credit for shit now. But. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, well, on to wrestling. Hi, I'm Michael. 
host of the Murder Mile True Crime Podcast, which was nominated as one of the best British true crime podcasts of 2018, is based on my five-star rated guided walk and features more than 300 untold, unsolved and long-forgotten murders, all set within one square mile of London's West End. So if you love hearing about new cases for the first time, old cases through a fresh pair of ears, and classic cases with a twist, all researched using the original declassified police investigation files, written using first-hand accounts, and recorded using authentic sounds from the murder location itself, then Murder Mile is just for you. Download the Murder Mile True Crime Podcast on iTunes, Acast, or your favourite podcast platform every Thursday. Thank you for listening, and stay safe. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new Podcoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards. Um, Amazon, Starbucks, I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me too. I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Um, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NERDSHOW, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) And go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. Are you kidding me? I don't think so! And their tag team partners, Ebor, Eric, the Viking, the Experience! The superstar shakeup doesn't only affect Raw and SmackDown superstars, it also affects superstars from 205 Live, and as we see here, Corey, NXT! The reigning NXT Tag Team Champions, you may know them, under different circumstances, but this is Ivor and Eric, the Viking experience, one of the most dominant tag teams on the planet. All right, Damon, things got a little shaken up this week. You know what got shaken up, Christian? My faith in the WWE. Because <laughs> these were two shitty shows. Uh-huh. I was really disappointed with both these shows. Now, they haven't been great of late, you know, like the last like couple years. Um, Give but, or take 10, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking about the shakeup concept and uh-huh. everything. You know, I mean, but I used to get excited for these shows regardless, just to see where, you know, what new storylines were going to come out of it. You know, look at the rosters, you know, analyze, you know, what brand won. And just, you know, like I felt like last year 
I was all about SmackDown. Mm. You know, it felt like they had a really strong roster. I think I was even comparing it to like the the SmackDown six days and everything. Oh, yes. You yes, remember you that? Were. Yes. <laughs> and then they did shit with it, you know. Uh, but this is such a fucking lazy way to go about it. Like the way they're doing this, it, there's no like I don't know. There's no build up. There's no climax. Like, it just happens. Like, people just walk onto the stage and, like, okay, AJ Styles is on the show now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just fucking lazy writing. It, it, it drives me nuts. Back in the day, I'm going to sound like that old man, but back in the day, you know, there at least you had, like, some kind of draft, you know, and they actually called it a draft. Mm-hmm. They made it almost like a pseudo, like, sporting event where, you know, there was a reason like, oh, you picked this person. Well, I'm going to pick this person now. You took the USA, the US champ. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the IC champ, you know, um, you know, like them screwing with each other. There's some kind of psychology going on. And they, I don't know, there's just more suspense. You know, you got to see the wrestlers react in the back, you know, find out that they've been drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just did nothing. For Not just, I remember the whole like. They're wearing the red and blue t-shirts and then yes. they like yes. to trade them. And you know, and they, this... when they first, you know, reintroduced the brand mm. split, they did do that. And then it's like they just kind of forgot about it. And now they're doing it like twice a year. So I just, I feel like it doesn't matter anymore. This could be interesting. This could be exciting. They're just choosing to just not do that. It's just like watching McMahon shuffle a deck of cards at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all it is. It's just, I mean, that's how the product feels in general. It just feels like they're just doing things because, you know, hey, everyone knows what we're how the brand works at this point. Let's just do what we want and you know, move forward. And now that we've, like, gone almost, it's almost been a full year, right, since we've had, like, the end of the dual mm. branded, like, pay-per-views where, or, you know, or not, we had the start of the dual branded pay- pay-per-views. You know, we don't have those separate branded pay-per-views anymore. Like, I feel like it it just matters less and less. And that's what we were kind of fearing, you know, from the get-go when they said, oh, no, we're going to have these co-branded pay-per-views and, you know, both shows are going to be represented every pay-per-view. Yeah. I'd much rather go back to where it was just like a SmackDown pay-per-view and a Raw pay-per-view. It was still a lot of pay-per-views, but just storyline-wise, it just made sense and it made the brands feel significant. You know, this just, it's just not doing I think one of the things that drove me. me nuts a little bit was, like, the fact that when these people showed up on, like, AJ Styles shows up on Raw, right, this week? Uh-huh. And they need to give his entire backstory and life story when they did this. Mm-hmm. Like, like we haven't seen him once. Like, they haven't been doing dual pay-per-views for the last year that anyone would know who he was. What do you mean but that they give you the whole backstory? They, they basically, like, re-described who he was as a person. Yeah, I guess, but I still felt like it was just, you know, because it's basically he just shows up on stage as like the Shields, you know, mystery partner. Mm -hmm. And like, it's AJ Styles. And then you're saying like when he's walking down the ramp, they're running down like Yeah, the announcers, like even through the match, they're like acting like he's a brand new superstar that needs to do. They haven't seen him this whole year. Like they didn't just call a pay-per-view with him on it. Um, Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that i mean it's just i don't mind them doing like little promo packages and everything like that if they're gonna build the wrestlers up though and if there's an actual brand mm-hmm. split. so i i get what you're saying i 
You know, I'd much rather have it be handled like an actual draft, though, where there's some kind of, I know, storyline going through the whole thing. I mean, that would be I mean they fun. used to do free agency, mm-hmm. you know, back then. Um, you know, whenever they wanted to switch someone, you know, they're like, oh, so-and-so's going to be a free agent, or they would work it into a storyline. Now it's just like, oh, no, we think he works better here, and they just ship him off. Yeah. You know, <sighs> I don't know. Just lazy, lazy writing. Um, so, well, I guess that's neither here nor there, but <laughs> let's go through the actual list of who's on what brand or what wrestlers moved over to another brand. Um, first up, we have, um, all the, uh, SmackDown Live wrestlers, or should we do it in order? Why don't we do it in order and talk what happened on Raw? Okay. So on Raw, we had, you know, the shakeup happens the first night. Um, and we're not going to really talk about actually the, you know, you know, what actually happened on Raw because I really didn't feel like much happened. No. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, so let's, let's just go through the roster of who jumped over to Raw. Uh, we had Cedric Alexander being called up from 205 Live, which, you know, we definitely felt that there was going to be some 205 mm. Live call-ups. So it, it makes sense. You know, he seems like he's been ready for a while. Um, Eric Young. He didn't even show up on the show. He was just in a graphic. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, and you remember, was it just two weeks ago where The Miz beat like yeah. San- Sanity all by himself in a street yeah. fight? Yeah, and I was like, Sanity's dead. That's, that's <laughs> it for them. Well, sure enough, Sanity's fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what member it was actually went on Twitter and like basically said goodbye. So I don't know if he knows something we don't where he's leaving the company for good, but he said goodbye to like Sanity and the WWE. So I thought that was rather odd. Um, but yeah, I'm not willing to Google to see, figure out which, which member it was at this point. I'm hoping not Killian Dane. Um, I don't think it was Killian. I don't know. What's, what's the other guy's name? I don't know. That's okay. That's who I'm assuming it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know if he was either let go or if he asked for his release since that seems to be the thing to do Mm. nowadays, you know? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, you know, it's sad. I don't think Sanity even got a shot. No. You know, I will say I'm curious to see what they do with Eric Young as a solo Mm. act. If they give him a chance, I feel like if they give him a chance, he'll shine. You know, and, you know, make something, you know, work for himself because he is super talented and he's the kind of wrestler that I think McMahon would enjoy once he realizes that he actually has like comedic timing and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's a utility player. He can do everything. He did everything on TNA. You know, he worked as like a Chris Jericho like heel, but he also worked as like Santino Morella for the show half the damn time. Um, you know, and he's a talented wrestler in the ring too. So, um, you know, I think there's potential, mm-hmm. you know, that Eric Young actually ends up, you know, shining in this, you know, as a singles wrestler. So we'll see. Um, Lacey Evans was made official on Raw. Um, Officially your number one contender. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She came out and she did. Right. She. Uh, oh, Natalia's she beat Natalia. Show. Yes. That's right. Natalia came out. Um, actually had a nice little like promo with Becky in the ring, you know, um, 
basically just reestablishing who she is and everything mm-hmm. like that. You know, I thought it was well done. They talked about Natalia's history with like Becky and everything. Um, so I was actually looking forward to a match between her and, you know, Becky. But then, of course, Lacey Evans came out and she mentioned that the McMahons um, sanctioned a match for her, which I, you know, I thought they weren't the authority anymore, but apparently we forgot about that. Whatever. Um, but then Lacey Evans, of course, beat Natalia. So maybe somewhere down the line, Becky and, you know, Natalia get to go face off. Um, EC3 is officially on the Raw brand, I think, or they just <laughs> killed him off. Because then Braun Strowman came out and demolished him. Um, Choke slammed him off the ramp. Um, so I don't think we're going to see EC3 for a little bit. So, unless this is a new thing where he just gets killed by Braun Strowman every week, which I wouldn't mind either. You know, so um, I, I'm surprised by how they've been treating EC3. I mm-hmm. really thought he was had, he had a lot of potential. I imagine he is surprised as well yeah. at this point. <laughs> Well, they called him up early. They gave him a little promo and everything, like a nice little like promo package before he mm-hmm. like made his debut. And then they went ahead and did nothing with him. I don't, I don't get it because he felt like such like your template for a McMahon wrestler, like you know someone that Vince would just fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently not. So we'll see. Um, I thought he at least get like the Del Rio treatment, you know. Where they build him up as like the millionaire who That's what it seemed like they're bad. doing with that little initial mm-hmm. like promo package that they're doing, you know, where they're showing him like standing in front of the mirror and, you know, you know, taking off his cufflinks and everything like that. That's where I thought they were kinda of going with that like classic, like narcissist like character. But no. No, we're just gonna, you know, make it funny that he hasn't really said a word on Raw. You know, it was like a month before we heard him mm-hmm. speak. He's always standing in front of a mirror in the backstage, you know, looking like a goof. I don't, I don't know. I don't That's know what, what we have the logic for. So. <laughs> I don't know what the logic was. Uh, the Usos showed up. Yes. Um, which I'm, you know what? I think it's good for them because they'll have new matchups. Yes. So I'm excited about that, you know, because we've seen the Usos face the bar or New Day like a thousand times at this point. You know, they're always good matches. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But I think it'd be great to see the new, uh, the Usos versus uh, the Revival. I think that'd be cool. So, or even by another tag team that we got on here. That's right. Uh, we got Alistair Black and Ricochet. So, is that who we're going with? No. Who are we going with? <laughs> the Viking Experience, man. Oh, Lord. I was saving that for last, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I do generally think the Usos versus them would be fantastic. Yes. No, I agree. A hundred percent. But, yeah. Uh, fuck you, Vince. <laughs> like, take it. Just, I mean, this is so typical. Just taking something that we all love and just ruining it within the first ten seconds of their debut. When that name came up, I was like, what the fuck are they thinking? What was the point of all the work on getting everyone to say war as well in NXT? I don't know. I'm so, you know, but I was surprised by that. The fact that they were going with the War Raiders. Cause I know, like, I mean, for years it was Raw's war and then they didn't want to go that route, mm-hmm. you know, cause the country was at war at the time. And, you know, after 9-11, they kind of, kind of stayed away from it. So I was surprised that they were using the War Raiders, you know, as a name. But it just kind of shows you that, like, Vince is really hands-off when it comes to NXT. That he isn't really paying attention Mm -hmm. at all. 
Because if those guys got called up and he was like, War Raiders, no way. You know, and just, you know, Viking experience. I mean, Jesus Christ. It sounds like a Disney ride. <laughs> it sounds like a Disney, yes. like a theme park ride. Mm-hmm. Like the Viking experience. Like I could literally think of like five better names off the top of my head than Viking experience. Can, can you give me one? Uh, let's see. Uh, Valhalla. That's it. That's better than Vikings oh. experience, right? Odin's beard. <laughs> <laughs> the Viking buddies. Well, no, no. I would hate the Viking buddies. Get out I would here. love it. I would love it. <laughs> they come skipping down to the ring each time. Swords and beards. Come on. Okay. <laughs> the Viking experience. And then they changed their first names, too. Eric and uh, Ivar now? Oh, my God. And then you made the point, too, that they're probably going to put... Uh, what's her name? Yes, yeah, Sarah Logan. Was Sarah there. Logan. Because she's actually married to one of them. So and now that the Riot Squad is broken up, mm. I'm sure they're going to end up putting her with them. Oh, my God. I hate WWE so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then they don't even come out with the NXT titles. Yeah. Like, they don't even mention... I, I felt like they didn't mention that they're the champions. So I, Which I, I'm assuming means that they're going to j- either just relinquish them real fast. Or I, yeah, I hope they just... I hope they at least drop them in a match. You know, put someone else over. But it's just really odd. Because I feel like Kevin Owens, when he came up, he was carrying the NXT title with him. Like, he didn't, like, not well, bring the belt with him. He brought it up for the um, U.S. Challenge. But beyond that, I think he Did lost he, it pretty quickly afterwards. Once it was like known that he was mm. going to be up um, for good, it just I don't I don't know. Now Paige was carrying both belts. Yes, yes, for a little bit, and then she just There's no reason hers. not to. I don't understand why they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, that establishes them as an actual threat. Oh, these are champions. Make them a big deal walking, you know, down the ramp right away for fans who don't know who they are. They know that they're someone special. You know, not the Viking experience. Oh, God. Um, but I'm still got it, like Viking names going through my head. Did right the now. crowd at least, did they react to them? Did they say like war when they were coming out or anything? I don't, I don't know. I think I went numb <laughs> when they announced their names. I think they reacted. Okay. Um, they, I mean, there was noise. So I, I don't think they were saying war. I don't think they're chanting war. Um, but you know, I'm trying to. They were in Canada, so that's a smart crowd, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised if there was at least some chanting, you know. Because I could see like Chicago or New York definitely. Oh, just, going crazy! Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think they changed the name after all the backlash? I feel like they're stubborn enough to keep it going, especially if they're going to put Sarah Logan in there and make it more of like a trio. An experience. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. I could see them just starting to call them by their names instead of saying the Viking yeah, experience. Yeah, I could see that there. happening too. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Anything but the Viking experience. But anyway. Um, all right. Anyway, who the hell were we? Have, Alistair Black yes. and Ricochet. Mm-hmm. It's like the announcers didn't know whether or not they were called up. <laughs> it was really bizarre. So they needed, like, they came out and, like, Michael Cole acted like 
He hadn't seen Ricochet before. He acted like it was a big deal. But then, like, he was kind of selling it. Like, oh, does this mean that they're part of Raw now? But then kind of left it hanging. And then, like, in the middle of the match, one of the announcers, I think it was Graves, like, was like, well, you know, he could be on SmackDown. So, like, they left it open. <laughs> it was like, wait a second. Wait, what What the hell's going on? I feel like is they he just didn't Raw? know until after the show. I, which is weird. Like, I don't understand. I don't get how that happens. So, um, now there was, I guess, there was some travel issues happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, some wrestlers who were supposed to be there could not be there. So, I don't know if there was a lot of reshuffling, you know, a lot of rewriting of the script. I have no clue, but I feel like that's something major that you need to put in there. Like, oh, they're now on Raw, you know, like have a graphic ready or something like that, you know. Just a lot of half-ass laziness going on. Um, But yeah, so then we've got, who else? Uh, The Miz. The Miz came out. I I think this is fine. I was, Shane came out with Stephanie in the very beginning and everything. It's weird to see them on the same page, you know, um. Shane went through his old bit with the announcer and then the Miz came out a house of fire and like mm. attacked Shane. So it was, it was, it was a nice little piece of business. I did not mind it at all. So, um, you know, and I'm still actually, I'm WrestleMania sold me on that feud more. So I'm okay yes. with it moving on. So I, I'm not, I'm not done with it yet. So, um, kind of weird to have the SmackDown commissioner versus Miz on raw. Well, Shane's not technically the commissioner of SmackDown anymore. Okay. Well, so he's sure. just like all the McMahons are. Actually, Vince is see is more on SmackDown than anyone. Mm-hmm. Now. So, um, but yeah, uh, who else did we get? Uh, we had Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio came out. That's right. Uh, while Elias was in the ring, mm-hmm. um, and then our friend uh, Lars Lars Sullivan mm-hmm. came out, which I was i was thinking that he was on raw because he came yeah. out right no he's but just there yeah, to, i was wrong because to beat he, up your brand new talent yes <laughs> now he's on smackdown officially yes so but we'll talk about that in a little bit uh andrade mm-hmm. is now on raw which i'm I, hoping he gets a push on raw well he, big enough one. he got a nice win over finn mm-hmm. you know i was excited about that it was a really good match so, and you know, that the, one of the reasons I always get excited about, you know, the shakeup, if you will, is because you get to see new matchups that you haven't seen. So I liked that they did kind of showcase that, mm. you know, on this night with like a match between Finn and Andrade. Um, but yeah, so uh, besides that, did I get everyone? I think that's it, right? Um, oh, and then AJ Styles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think... Out of everyone, I think the shakeup will benefit AJ the most. Because, mm-hmm. you know, speaking of new matchups, I think it gives AJ kind of a fresh slate to work with. I do think he was getting a little stale on, on SmackDown. SmackDown. So I think it'll do wonders for him, you know. Um, and maybe we get to see AJ as a, a heel again. You know, because I would like to see that. You know, maybe get a nice, like, you know, uh, Rollins and Styles program going. Mm-hmm. That could be fun. So, um, all right. Well, let's move on to the second night over on SmackDown Live. Um, we had 
So, okay, so our list, we're looking, we're looking obviously, mm. at our, our little agenda right here. And our list starts off with Otis and Tucker. I don't believe they were even on the show. I think this was one of those things Just that was either announced, announced afterwards. Um, Mickey James was another announcement, I think, that happened mm-hmm. after the fact, um, along with Apollo Crews and Chad Gable. So um, it... I was surprised by Chad Gable because it felt like they're working an angle with him and Rude um, now being heels and everything. And that seemed like it was going to lead to something, right? Well, they're not a tag team anymore, so it doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) A little bizarre. Um, Another one that actually really disappointed me was Liv Morgan. Hmm. And that happened off cameras also. So they just kind of like all of a sudden like flashed up a graphic after the fact, you know, on you know WWE.com. Mm. Um, I think she'll that. thrive on her own as well, though. I do, too. I just, I enjoyed the Riot Squad. Mm. I thought there was still potential there. Um, you know, not that they were ever going to ever, you know, live up to them just because of the bad booking. But um, I, I don't know. I just felt like there was more meat on the bone for them to do, you know. Um, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, Buddy Murphy. Is officially now on SmackDown Live. As, as you called. I did make that prediction. I think that, <laughs> but I think that's an easy prediction. Mm-hmm. Just the way they were booking him, everything like that, you know. And I'm excited to see him part of the main roster. Uh, but I think he is actually going to be challenging Dream, too, yes. for the he, North I think American it was title. T- it's today. Is it? Okay. It's yeah. on, I know it's on TV now. Okay. And we're recording this on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So. so it would have been yesterday, actually, right? Right? You're, are you thinking it's being it, the event's happening today, like being recorded today, or you think it actually was on? I thought it was aired. Already. It was aired already. Okay, I don't. We'll have to check that out. So I thought <laughs> I saw an advertisement for the match um, either yesterday or today. So really, okay, all right. Um, then we also had oh god, okay. So you had Becky come out, mm-hmm. you know, get in the ring. Do kind of her typical speech that she's been doing since WrestleMania everything. Becky, two belts, yep. you know. I'm going to knock heads. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then out of nowhere came Ember Moon. I'm, I'm happy to see Ember Moon back. Mm-hmm. First of all, she's been injured for a little bit. Um, and I, I would love to see this matchup. Um, she got out of the ring, basically challenged Becky. And then all of a sudden, Bailey's music hit. Oh, you know what? We forgot to talk about Bailey on um on Raw. They oh, put her. Yeah, they, they showed her backstage first of all, calling Sasha Banks and not getting her. Like you know, you know, I haven't talked to you. Blah blah blah. Um, just not be able to get in touch with her. So she goes out there, and uh, Naomi comes out. You know, that's like how they introduce Naomi as mm. now part of Raw and everything, and they end up you know teaming up and actually beating the Iconics. That night. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking right away, oh, okay, they just replaced Sasha with Naomi. <laughs> but lo and behold, you know, on SmackDown, Bailey comes out to the ring, gets booed. Like, I don't feel like she got booed on Raw, but she got booed, like, yeah, pretty on badly on SmackDown. Which I was like, I get, like, not liking, you know, how she went about her business. If everything we're hearing on the internet is true. How they were basically protesting everything. I'm mm. um, a little more has come out since what we heard, you know, because originally it was like reported that the reason why they were like basically having a tantrum was because, you know, they didn't like the fact that they were losing the belts at Mania to the Iconics. 
Um, but I guess another kind of, you know, page of the story is that I, I guess they found out that they're being split up as a tag team also. So I get it, but still you've got to have some kind of, you know, I don't know, be a professional mm-hmm. at least. So, but, um, so the crowd booed the shit out of her coming out. So it was a little awkward because she was obviously working as a face at the time too. Um, she got in the ring, you know, she, I, she held it. I think she, I think she did a good job, you know, holding it together, you know, and staying the course. She didn't let it shake her at all. Um, which I feel like Bailey a year or two ago, oh, absolutely. It it, it, there's mm-hmm. a few times right against Alexa where she kind of, you know, was getting the wrong crowd response and you could tell it got to her, it got underneath her skin. So I think she held it together. She really did. Um, so good for her. Um, but yeah, she basically was challenging Becky, you know, um, which is cool. It's a new matchup. It's something mm-hmm. different. I'm fine with that. Um, but then you had Paige come out. Well, and, first you have, oh wait, yes, you do have Paige come out saying that she's going to have her new tag team. And then Mandy and Sonia. Sonia Deville, yes, Deville sorry. Came out, <laughs> you know, basically introducing themselves as Paige's, you know, new tag team. What was their old faction name? Um, like, Absolution. Absolution. Like, this is the reunion of Absolution. Yeah, yeah, walking down the aisle. It really didn't make much sense at all. Like they were going to trick Paige into thinking that's who she was calling item get it whatever um but then you know we had her introduce oscar and then they introduced kari singh Mm -hmm. i'm excited to see kari singh up Mm -hmm. on the main roster but i was really really disappointed they looked awkward next to each other as well during that whole segment well they probably just found out yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it just it felt like, you know, now this was kind of going to be, well, for me, and this is just me fantasy booking, was like, this would be a perfect opportunity to challenge, you know, Becky for the title. Since, you know, hey, I did tap you out yeah. at Rumble. You know, who better to, you know, and I did just lose my SmackDown title. You know, so who better to challenge her, you know, uh, on SmackDown? Because she's going to be... Uh, defending those belts separately. So it's not like if you're facing against her, you're not going to win both titles. If you're on the Raw brand, you'll win the Raw belt. If you're on the SmackDown brand, you'll win the SmackDown belt. So it's just, it, I'm just really sick of the way they're treating her at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, they've got tons of potential as a tag team, you know, but like it just doesn't make any sense, you know, storyline wise, because we thought we we're they're going to call up her partner. Um, yeah yeah from sky pirates it just made sense unless they felt like that would leave nxt too light or something so they wanted to keep her down there whatever man you know just because they're both japanese doesn't mean they have to be on the same fucking tag team. i don't mind the concept of them having a manager i just i feel like Paige is a weird fit for them as well I guess they need a mouthpiece you know because i don't think either of their english is like too strong but it does feel odd. And then what's, I just don't, it just, I, I don't get it. Like they could be with, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just because they're Japanese, they don't have to be teammates. It doesn't make any sense. No, you're not wrong. I'm just, 
This it's is... just insane. And if, I swear to fucking God, movie. if they make Asuka a pirate, I'm going to be so pissed <laughs> off. That's uh, easy merch. It's just, oh my God. I was trying to think of what would be like their team name. I couldn't come up with anything. Who the fuck knows? Who knows? The Masked Pirates. Lazy are... Booking should be their team <laughs> name. All right. Uh, who else came out? So the segment was awkward and weird. They ended mm. up having a... Uh, you know, I think it was a six-man tag, and the Iconics were out there, too. Mm. It was what it was. I just also, once again, I felt like it was a step backwards for SmackDown, where we're just going to throw all the women out there at once. Mm-hmm. Come on. You know? <laughs> Especially since they've been so heavily featured on the shows, you could have done multiple segments. It would have been fine. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't... Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just over-wrestling this week. I don't know if you can tell. Um, and then we had... Oh, we had Finn Balor come out. And once again, I felt this was lackluster. He just kind of walked down. This was actually in the beginning of the show after Kevin Owens um, interviewed the New Day and decided to, like, you know, basically, you know, put himself in Big E's yes. position and take over the role while Big E's out. Which was fun. Yes, it was fun and everything <laughs> like that. I am, like, to me, like, I was just waiting for, like, I was like, okay, well, he's totally turning on them, mm-hmm. you know, in the main events, you know, because then they, <laughs> Nakamura and Rusev are watching this on the monitor back, and backstage, and then, like, Cesaro just walks up, hey, there's three of them, there's three of us, let's have a match, <laughs> like, that's, like, basically how the main event that's came terrible. about, yes. Yes. Was was Sheamus ringside? No, Sheamus, I think Sheamus is actually injured right now. Oh, okay. It's just like, it felt so fucking lazy. Like, they just didn't have to bother. Just like, to bring up that I don't, of us. Yeah, like, it was like, what? So, um, but yeah. So, it was still fun to see Kevin, you know, being part of New Day for the night. Mm. Um, if it goes any longer than a week or two, Kevin's definitely going to be... Kofi's first opponent, though. Yeah. He's turning on him. So, um, but yeah, so you had Finn, like, literally as that segment ended, you know, they do that weird, like, no transition thing. Finn's music hits. I mean, it comes out. Um, it was just a weird spot. I don't think he got the reaction he should have, you know, if mm-hmm. they would have built it up more, you know, and made it into a bigger deal. So, um, that was a little disappointing. But, um, Whatever. I mean, that that was wrestling this week at the WWE. Um, And then Vince was teasing um, for 24 hours that they were going to have SmackDown's biggest, I don't know what he was calling it, like free agent. Acquisition. Acquisition, yes. um, Free agent signing, whatever. Um, So everyone started speculating right away. You know, Braun, Roman, you know, people are trying, even Seth was being thrown out there. Um, but then he comes out, makes this huge speech, basically almost called the person like the chosen one. I was like, dear God, don't do this to Roman Reigns. We've <laughs> <laughs> seen what that does. Yes. Before. I was like, Jesus Christ, you're not doing many favors, but Elias came out. So Elias is now officially on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is quickly interrupted by Roman Reigns. Um, Mixed response, you know, for him. Mm. You know, I, I would say 70 
percent cheers, thirty percent booze. Um, it's better than it was before. Yeah, it's you still know? gonna be an uphill battle. Just don't shove them down people's throats. You know, have them feud with Elias. Um, he ended up decking McMahon. That got a huge reaction. You know, he did the Superman punch on that seven-year-old man. I, I think he needs to drop the moniker that it's his yard, because that just sounds yes. terrible. Yes, and Michael Cole needs to stop saying big dog. And I know <laughs> it's not Michael Cole anymore, at least, but this it's the big dog. I don't need to hear mm. that fucking 20 times while he's out there. The big dog, Roman Reigns. Yeah, it's just horrible. It really <laughs> is. Let that go. So. Um, another segment I didn't like was... Uh, when Lars Sullivan shows up. Oh, that's right. Uh, who was that? Who did he attack? He attacks um, our truth. truth. That's right. And has that weird moment staring at Carmella, and then yeah, that was awkward. That was awkward. Damn it, Christian! I didn't want to talk about these shitty shows. What are you doing <laughs> to me? <laughs> well, we didn't talk about Lars Sullivan. Finally, yes, uh, Lars Sullivan is now officially part of SmackDown Live. So. Because they seemed a little confused on Raw, but he's officially part of SmackDown. Um, all right, man. So looking at everyone who you know made the big move, what brand do you think ended up benefiting the most? I can tell you who lost. We did. Yes, <laughs> I agree, hundred <sighs> percent. Talent wise, I, I think I was originally going to go. With Raw, but I think I'm, I, I think I'm switching over to SmackDown because I feel like there's a little bit more potential match-wise. So, okay, one thing we did not mention was the fact that Samoa Joe's most likely going to, to be, be on Raw. Raw. Yes. So, apparently, there was some travel issues and everything, so he was not at the show. It only makes sense logistically because you're not going to have the U.S. title and the IC title on the same show. Mm-hmm. Um so I feel like somehow he's going to end up on Raw, you know, shortly. So you're you're going SmackDown. I'm gonna go SmackDown. Okay, what's your argument for SmackDown having the the uh, basically winning the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like they're gonna give it way more attention now that Roman's over there, 100. percent I agree. Um, I think the matchups are gonna be a little bit more interesting than what we're gonna get on Raw. I. I mean, AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins is going to burn the house down. I agree. I understand that. But at the same time, I don't trust a lot of... I don't trust a lot of what they're going to do with a lot of these superstars other than the Usos. Yeah. I don't... Like, even with Samoa Joe, like, who is he going to face and what... For the U.S. title, what's what's that storyline going to be like? Well, Is he just going to be taking out the new jobber EC3 or is he... Like what's the new chapter? Um, I do like like because once again, like I don't foresee like Ricochet or Aleister Black, you know, being mm. a tag team long. So you could work a program. I, there. I hope they split up. Soon. You know, I mean, it, it it feels like he's probably going to end up facing against Braun. Mm-hmm. You know, since you had Braun just randomly show up on SmackDown um, right after WrestleMania and attack him. So, but I can't put faith in them with NXT cap, um, call ups anymore. I just can't. Who are you who are you referring to? You're talking when about I'm t- when talking about Alex Black, Black and, and Ricochet, I can't trust that they're going to give them the proper treatment mm-hmm. that they just because these are two possible main event players. I just don't want. I don't. 
I don't care about seeing Roman eventually getting that title from Kofi, though. And I feel that's what's going to end up happening. You know, they're going to have to do it in kind of like a backdoor fashion where maybe Kofi drops it to heel and then mm. Roman ends up winning it somehow. Um, but I feel like that's going to happen by SummerSlam at least. <laughs> so that's <laughs> going to... That's only that's six months. I hope if Kevin Owens does take it off Kofi, it becomes a long reign. Yeah, I hope so, but I don't foresee that happening. I think Roman's going to have that belt sooner than later. You know, I want Kofi to carry it for a while. I like Kofi to at least carry it to SummerSlam, you know, and defend it. But I just I, they need to get him in a program now because it's two weeks now where he isn't really doing mm-hmm. anything. So I need him to start a new angle at least. I think everything's kind of up in you know, limbo right now because Daniel Bryan is out too injured. So I'm supposedly rumored. Um, so maybe that's why they're kind of like, I don't know, you know, basically coasting at this point with Kofi, you know, but I feel like they're losing momentum at the same time. No, I, I feel like the, the angle will be Kevin Owens right now. Mm-hmm. Just, I, just based off what we got last week. I mean, this week and just something to start out. Cause even if Daniel is, Injured or starting to feel better. Just they don't string it along else. too long. You know, don't take your time with it. Mm. You know, another week or two of, you know, the cute shit and then, you know, have Kevin turn on them. So, um, I like, I don't know, man. I, I really like, I think I like the tag division on Raw better right now. You know, with, you know, you know, the Viking experience, you know, um, Ricochet and, you know, Alistair. Mm-hmm. And then also the Usos now over there. And then the Revival on top of it. There's lots of potential there. Not saying that I trust what they'll do with the tag division. But there's a lot of, you know, good tag team matches that we haven't necessarily seen. Um, I like AJ Styles being on Raw. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited for that. Just because I feel like that is like He's been on SmackDown for so long at this point. There, there are a lot of cool matchups that could happen over there now. Um, but yeah, it's really too close to call for me. Once, honestly, uh, once Becky loses the titles at some point, what show do you think she will officially land on? Well, she's technically a SmackDown, Mm -hmm. you know, wrestler at this point, you know, I will say SmackDown. I feel like the women's division is a lot stronger. Yes. You know, I mean, cause Charlotte's still there. Asuka's still there, even though she's tagging, um, Becky's still there technically, and they can so, change up any of those angles at any time. And then now with Bailey and Ember Moon on mm-hmm. that, you know, on that brand, yeah, I definitely feel like SmackDown, you know, women division wise is stronger. So um, I don't know, man. They really do need to figure out some more tag teams, though. You know, without Sasha and Bailey, mm-hmm. um, and now because you, you don't really have Natalia and no. you know uh, Beth Phoenix, Beth Phoenix, you know, together anymore. She's probably done at this point. So. You know, they need to figure out some more tag team. I imagine that they're going to start a program for Asuka and Kyrie going right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yes, especially since they did the big presentation with Paige and everything. You know, and you've got the heel iconics. So I'm just not 100% if it's going to work. I feel like they'll eventually click and everything. I just don't want to see it. Well, no, I think Asuka and Kyrie will work fine together. I just don't know angle wise and how they're going to portray them. Like storyline wise, I because mm. talent wise, yeah. they they've worked together but before. Even, you know, the, there's a difference between putting two like you know good single competitors in the ring, 
you know, as a tag team and like actually having them get like have that like tag team mm. chemistry. Um, you know, so I, that's why I'm saying like I feel like they'll eventually like, you know, click and work well in the same, you know, um, be on the same page together and everything. But I do feel like there it does take time. Um, but I feel like they're gonna end up getting those titles sooner than later. Mm. You know, so and I, I just I'm down on it because I want more for Asuka. You know, so no, that's where I'm disappointed. You know, I just want so much more for Asuka. It is disappointing. It really is. I'm excited for Finn. You know, mm. I feel like just like AJ, I think it'll be good for Finn because Finn's always been on Raw, you know, since he's debuted. So I think it'll be good for Finn to get out, you know, there and, you know, maybe even get in the main event picture at this point, you know. Um, you know, and I, I feel like it could be the same for Samoa Joe over on, you know, Raw. You know, they could really build him up as a monster heel again and then, you know, challenge Seth, you know, for that belt. It would be nice if uh, they start pushing Nakamura again at some point. Yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> I feel like SmackDown's main event scene would just... Supposedly, I saw a report and I can't, you know, quote the source at all because I don't remember where it was, but uh, Nakamura actually did resign. Yes. With that. So did you see that too? Yeah. Okay. He, he likes dream. working in the States. He likes working. You know, he's... you can't, I mean, he uprooted his family. Mm. So I, I get it. I understand it. And, you know, it's an easier, I don't know, wrestling style for him. You know, he's not taking yeah. years off his fucking life at this point. Um, I mean, it does feel like on TV, he's just collecting a paycheck at this point. I don't think that's his fault necessarily, no. but I agree. You know, I don't know if he's necessarily content mm. with it, but yeah, it definitely feels like. Well, when you got a guy that oozes charisma in this types of angles, and just... you're just throwing him in there with Rusev, you mm. know, watching the monitor backstage, yeah, it, it feels like a bit of a waste. I agree 100%. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe they decide, hey, we should push this guy. Probably not, though. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him in a, uh, at least with Finn over the IC title. I hope so. I hope so. He's got to go away from Rusev, though. Mm. You know? So, because I feel like SmackDown's light on tag teams at this point. Yeah, completely. You know? Which is interesting, because I thought they would actually build that up more with the Fox deal and everything. Could you see um, Apollo and Chad joining up? As a team? Yeah. Maybe. Um, You know... I just feel like the, I would like Chad to get a, a singles run in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's just another makeshift tag team for Chad Gable. Like they just can't get past him being a tag team wrestler, unfortunately. And we've seen him, like that guy can fucking go. So mm-hmm. I just, I see so much potential in him. I just don't know if McMahon could ever get past his size, you know, cause he is, you know, on the smaller side, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I would love for him to at least go for you know some of those secondary titles. I tell you what, he I, would tear it up with Mustafa Ali. Mm-hmm. Put them in a fucking pro, like some kind of like you know. I forgot Mustafa feud. Ali is still on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one thing that we don't have in front of us right now is the it's full the roster. roster. Yeah, so there's a lot of intriguing matchups mm-hmm. there. So, but yeah, it is very, it, it is very close to call right now. It, it's almost too close to call. I would say. Um, I'm going to go with Raw just because I'm excited for that tag team division. I know I should not be. <laughs> it is fool's gold. 
But just the fact that the Usos are on there, I, I, McMahon loves the Usos, so we'll, I feel like mm. they'll at least get some decent matches, you know, at least get some time focused on the division itself. So, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, this was a disappointing week. You know, I felt like they, all the momentum they had after WrestleMania just went out the fucking window. Completely. Yeah. So, and I shouldn't be surprised at this point. Well, you really shouldn't, shouldn't be. be. Um, you know what I wasn't surprised by? Uh, Luke Harper asking for his release. So he requested his release. They have not granted it currently. Um, he is under contract to November. Um, yeah. And he was injured. So they technically could extend him for another six months because of that injury. That's how those contracts work, it seems now. I feel like, he, I mean... The- does he seem like he's been disrespectful in any way? I don't think so. It seems like th- this is the new move, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't uh, uh, Ty Dillinger do the same thing? Where he like requested and then went online right away? Because it feels like the WWE is just going to... It puts him in a weird position. You know? Um, like the whole Dean Ambrose thing. You know? Like, we're going to get another final curtain call, apparently, uh, this Sunday. There, we're gonna have one one last shield reunion, maybe kind of. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get what they're doing. Like, why wasn't the last thing? It's like we're focusing time. way too much on a guy who's supposed to be leaving. Exactly. You know, way too much. But you know, I mean, maybe they have it under good faith that he's going to be coming back at some point. I don't know. Like, maybe it's just a sabbatical, and you know, they want to, you know. Maybe Vince just really fucking loves the shield. I don't know, man. I mean, they're really milking this shit at this point. But whatever, because I felt like we got that on Raw, you know, like a few times at this point. Who are they supposed to be facing? They didn't even announce it. They They didn't even bother. I don't know if this is going to be just like, you know, they're going to roll cameras on like some house show wherever they're at and just have a match. I have no idea what they're doing. So it just came out of nowhere. I was like, wait, what? So, uh, but then there was the big rumor this week also that AEW has offered Dean quite a bit of money. Yes. Um, something like over $6 million. We don't have like how many years that spread out across, but mm. like $6 million. That's the rumor. You know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. So um, I do feel like Dean would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would work well with, you know, them and everything like that. And from everything that we've heard is like, he just felt creatively like stifled basically in WWE, which I'm sure half the roster feels that way. So, um, just with, it seems like, you know, everything that we've heard, uh, that, you know, they're going to be allowing the wrestlers a lot of creative input, um, you know, with how they're being booked and everything like that. So it feels like a perfect fit for Dean, um, we'll see though, but maybe it's a case of like, you know, he just wants to get away from wrestling for a while too. Like we haven't heard shit really from Dean's side, no. you know, exactly what is going on and why, you know, he made this, you know, move. I mean, I could guess why he made this move and it has to do with <laughs> being the dollar store Bane for two months, uh-huh. you know? Um, but you know, that's just me speculating. So um, but was there anything else major that came out of 
wrestling this week? Not really. They did edit out um, AEW from the Hall of Fame, but that's too be expected. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is very <laughs> yeah. pretty predictable. So, um, but yeah, I don't think there was anything major though. I think that's pretty much it. So. Mm-hmm. Just another crappy week in, you know, the WWE universe. (laughs) (laughs) So join us next time. Boy, listen to us bitch more about wrestling. I swear I love this shit. I swear (laughs) I do. (laughs) We're going to have to just do an episode where we talk about everything that we like about wrestling. Yeah. It'll be a 10-minute episode. Almost just to remind ourselves. It'll be like therapy. (laughs) Be like maybe a two-minute episode, right? Because sometimes I can't remember. So we enjoyed WrestleMania, though. We both enjoyed WrestleMania. Yes. So it was, I mean, it's still going on at this point, but, you know, <laughs> we did enjoy it. All right, man. So that's going to do it for this week. Yes, let's roll out. All right, Christian, before we get going, we got some great podcasts that we think you should be checking out. Um, first up, we have Nikki Needs an Adult. Do you feel like a little kid in an adult world? Me too. Let's talk about it. And you can find them over on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Or wherever the cool kids are. Like us. Um, next up is uh, one of our favorite podcasts, Pop Goes the Culture. They uh, explore all... F- uh, no. Explore all avenues of America. There we go. Next up is Pop Goes the Culture, one of our favorite podcasts going. They explore all avenues of nerdum. Uh, go ahead and give them a listen. And they've got a great website, which also features our show. So go ahead and check them out. Next, we have Fresh Geek Contacts. We are here to share what we love with a fresh perspective from eyes of the mind of a geek. Uh, give them a listen. And then last but not least, um, one of the funniest podcasts going, Fake Headline Podcast, a comedy pod where they try to fool each other with three far-fetched news headlines. Um, pretty unique concept um, and a great listen. So, And they're available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And of course, if that's not enough for you, you can also check us out on DramaCityProductions.com with all of our stable mates. So definitely check us out there and all of them. There's plenty of podcasts for you to check yes, out. a lot of awesome podcasts. Exactly. So give them a listen. And of course, if you're listening to us on your favorite platform, subscribe, rate, we're on there. We're on every other platform, so I don't know why you're not subscribed to us on every platform. Yes, five there. stars. <laughs> five stars, people. Rate and review. All around. We thrive off that shit. <laughs> so keep us going, please. Yes. So, um, and then, yeah, we're on all your favorite platforms. Uh, we're also all over social media. Yes. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, we try to keep you up to date and all that's happening in the world of nerdum. And if they're looking to support us in another way, they could buy merch. That's right. We got lots of great merch over at Tee Public right now. Uh, go ahead and get yourself a amazing nerd show shirt, coffee mug, mouse pad. Clock, <laughs> throw pillow. Are there clocks? I haven't noticed. I clocks. think there's clocks. I might be making that last one up, but I'm pretty sure if there isn't clocks, there will be soon. So, and um, one way that we support you guys is by giving you coins on Podcoin. That's right. Go ahead, head over to one of our favorite new apps, Podcoin, where they actually pay you to listen. And right now, if you use the code Nerd Show, you go ahead and you will get. 300 coins yes. up front. 
So um, go ahead and check out that app. Um, it's the biggest thing in podcasts going right now. Yes, it's a great thing to listen to when you're on your way to your next event that you can get tickets from. From on... SeatGiants.com. Yes. And right now, um, you can actually get even more savings by using that promo code. Nerd Show. That's right. And you'll get additional savings. Um, so... Christian, what are we listening to right now? We're listening to Greg Bremner, the best DJ ever. That's right. Damn it. I'm sure <laughs> we'll be happy to hear that. Uh, and you can listen to the best DJ ever over on SoundCloud. And yes. he also has a great Instagram page. Go ahead and give him a follow. And if you liked what you heard in the opening, uh, that's our friends, Them Guilty Aces, a great rockabilly band from the Chicagoland area. If you're ever in the area, go ahead and check out a show that played pretty much every Every weekend and they've got lots of great music over on iTunes um, and some great videos on YouTube yes definitely check them out check them out all right uh, that's gonna do it for this episode Damon yes Christian <laughs> once again it's two o'clock in the morning we we're gonna try to start earlier <laughs> we say that every soon, week David soon, so we're not falling asleep at the end of the show <laughs> But yes, we just love you guys so much that we have to cram in an episode yes. every week. And it's pretty much the only way we can do it. So, um, you know, but my name's Damon. And my name's Christian. And this was The Amazing Nerd Show. Heheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheh